Today's sponsor is Loot Crate. For less than $20 a month, Loot Crate gives the geek in you a special treat every month. You get a box of six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. This month, we're cowering in fear at the return of villains. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate our darker side with epic items from Marvel, an exclusive DC figure, a unique wearable we've never put in a crate before, it's a huge crate, and more. It's good to be bad. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Too bad, Spider-Man. So go to LootCrate.com slash KindOfFunny and enter the code KindOfFunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hi, Greg. Hey, how are you? I'm not wearing shoes, and I don't often wear shoes on the show, but then I, I finally just realized that none of us are wearing shoes right now. Yeah, we moved and that's to a okay. shoe. We, we, uh, we call and paid for the people to come by and clean the carpets not too long ago, and that's when we moved to be in a shoes-off household. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Yeah, but here's my thing. That, that rule does not apply on the shows. You always wear shoes on the shows. Really? Yeah. Are you, yeah. You're not wearing shoes. This is the first time ever... It feels I'm good, not wearing though. shoes, but I'm only not wearing shoes because they don't know that. Now they do. Fuck you guys. But don't you feel liberated to cross your legs at some point in that shot and people will know? Don't you feel liberated by the don't. fact that you're not wearing shoes? If you want to wear shoes for the show, then you need to buy a shoe tree we can hang on the back of the door, and then you no, can just see, have shoes. You could have on camera shoes. Yeah, but the problem with that is like. This is the actually, pure one, Tim Getty. I, it's just the putting on the shoes process. Man, Greg, if you know I'm not a fan of first world problems. Yeah, that's a first world problem that I'm definitely not a it's big not fan. Not a problem. It's well, not that's really why a you got to like uh, the 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 Converse I wear when I walk Portillo like are the slip on slip off ones. Yeah, I mean, they're like revolutionary. Yeah, but the point of me wearing my shoes on camera is I want to impress all the kids out there. None of no kids ever watched this and been impressed by your shoes. Your Bullshit. hair, yes. Bullshit. Your shirts, yes. Bullshit. Your socks, yes. No. Your they shoes. Like when I wear my ones, they leave all the nice comments. They're like, I like those ones. I'm like, thanks. Thanks what video has that happened in? A whole bunch of Give them. Give me one. Name one. The episode 86, part three. That's not true. Mm-hmm. It is not it true. It's <laughs> not true. There's no did, way you did that. Uh, do we, are we even on 86? No, we're not. We're close to 86. The game over. Greg, yeah. show. Oops. Episode 86. We're not even close to it. <laughs> Nobody has any idea how long this show's like been going. It feels like it's been going on for 10 years. Really? I know, right? Pride along Long Island, Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. Uh, Kevin, I need you to do me a favor. Here we go. Can you go to my bedroom, and in front of the candle, in front of my TV, is a bottle of, like, you know, glasses cleaner. I need that. Are your, gla- are your glasses Here dirty again? Here we go again, again with the Thank glasses. You. I just, Why are they so dirty all the time? Why is I don't candle? think they really are. They kind of are. Maybe. Do you think that maybe your eyesight's getting a slightly worse, and you're just starting to, you have cataracts, or you're starting to don't see? That. That's not cool. You're starting to see. I'm, so, I'm so afraid of having. Far, eye, I'm dude. so afraid of having. Your eye eyes are getting better. The doctor said. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so I, mean, I compulsively go to the eye doctor. I'm really, I'm like afraid of having every week. Problem. You just have the eye doctor. He's I go like, like every year. Every, back here. <laughs> no one, no one goes to the eye doctor every year. It seems like that's not a thing that a lot of people do unless they want to get new glasses. Or I go every year and I just have them fucking check me out just to make sure. Just check me out, bro. Let me let me see that little the house. Peepers, the let peepers me put are my key. eyes on that machine thing. Let me look at that little. Give me farm. that puff of air in the eye. Oh my god, they don't do that. They don't do that anymore. Oh really? 
No. They, they, blew haven't, done, they, haven't, done, they haven't done that in years. Yeah. The, the, People's eyes were getting blown inside the, out. I used to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I hated that. What is the puff of air in the eyes? It's, you never had this? No, I don't I don't wear glasses. But you don't get your eyes checked either? No. Oh, okay. Well they do this thing where you put your you put they sterilize the little deal, you put your face to it, and then there's a little thing that goes the puffs air in your eyes. It's eye. horrifying. It tests for really scary. The only they thing more scary it. is how like judged I feel when it's the little thing is like Okay, I'm gonna give you this little button. And you have to hit the button every time you see something yeah. move. I'm like, did I see something move? Was that was that it? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. it's always like Holy a blurry shit. thing in the corner. Yeah. And it's like they don't tell you your score either. Yeah, they're, no, no, they're no. always just like they don't know. All right, cool. And I'm like, you, you should just screw with them and never yeah. hit the button. <laughs> just don't hit it. They're like, are you blind? You're blind. <laughs> <I'm> cool. <laughs> no, but now they do a thing where you put your eye instead of blowing the air in the eye. Uh, they do other tests, and they have that new machine now that like looks deep into your eye, Ooh, where you I have like to like that. press your eye, like press into a machine, and then it turns a certain color, and they take a picture of it. And you can see a picture, like a super high res picture of your eye. It's fucking cool. Okay. And then all they look at it and they terrible. can find all things. You should go to the eye doctor. It's important because a lot of not not all eye ailments, but some eye ailments can be can be identified very early, and they can identified. and they can and they can, exactly. uh, and they, yeah. can they can help you figure they can help you figure that that stuff out because. You know, losing your vision is very serious. I'm very, I'm very afraid of that kind of thing. My, my girlfriend's mom is blind, and so you know, uh, I've been around that a little bit and known like how much trouble she has just mm-hmm. getting around. She has a, she has like a dog that helps her and stuff like that. And it's, it's a, you know, you just want to take care of that stuff because it's pretty serious. So I'm always, you know, your health is always serious, but the eye doctor is like an easy thing that I can tackle. You know? Yeah. I just yeah. go. They're like, here's your thing. Your eyes look good. We don't have this, that, the other thing. Well, the fuck out. There's a, I feel like, and this, this might be overgeneralizing, but I feel like it's. Your likelihood of the doctor telling you that you have some sort of disease that's going to kill you at the eye doctor is not as large as it is at, like, your general practitioner, right? Yeah, but like they, they make it like, seem like, like there's a lot that can go wrong. With there the eye doctor? Yeah, they, you go away. You're talking about your eyes like this, I don't like. It grosses me out. Why is it? It grosses you out? I, just like, I don't like things happening around my eye. No, I feel like things getting around my when eye When you see right the now. movies where the thing goes into the eye, does yeah. that bug you? Oh, there was a part in Dead Space like 2 where you had, mm. a, spoilers for the end of Dead Space 2, you should play about it, where you, you stab yourself in the eye and that was fucking destructive. That was it, bad. The, the, the thing about the eye is that I'm not so worried about like the life-threatening illness. I, I don't want to put it so curtly, but like it basically, anything that bad happens to your eyes is a life-threatening illness because sure. it's, it's a quality of life issue. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, other, you, don't, you, take it for, you take for granted that you can just see. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, without it, you're what, very debilitated. I'll, I'll save it because I'm sure one day Jamie Kennedy will be on the show to tell you her stories about Greg Miller and everything else. But she all, the, I, the, the thing that amazes me about the eye is that it's ability to bounce back from an injury. Because mm-hmm. my mom got fucked herself up real bad once in the eye, shattered a contact, drove the glass into her eye and stuff. Jesus. Wait, and like, what? There's glass contacts? Whatever. Hard plastic. Not like your disposable whatever. I don't, I never, I don't wear contacts. The There's fuck? hard contacts really? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And even now, thinking about him, you know, I don't like that. I know it was no, bad. You can see this she is, did. Yeah, oh, it's bad. But she was blind for a while in that eye. Well, look, there was a lot of work and rehab think, and stuff. For doesn't her. the eye tissue? Isn't that the fastest regenerating tissue in the body? I don't, I don't know anything about I feel that. Like the eye and the oh. tongue. Oh, uh, the, to- oh, the, the tongue. The tongue is a good regenerator. Right? I all I can, I all I can say about the sure. eye is that the, the biologically and evolutionarily, we probably have come to learn like your vision is really important and put all of the biological resources you can into making sure you're good. You know, mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm, so maybe that has something to do with the quick regeneration of some of these things. It's scary though. They used know? to call Wolverine the eye, the eye hero, because mm-hmm. he regenerated so fast. His eyes. What's yeah. your power? You got you have eye tissue all over your body. You look like a slimy egg. <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn it. Oh, if you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table, each bringing a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Toss us a few bucks and you get the episodes early each and every Friday. If you don't have any bucks to toss us, it's no big deal. Wait. And then Monday through Thursday, the show goes up topic by topic, day by day on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny until we post the entire show the next Friday on iTunes, SoundCloud, all these other services, wherever the hell stupid-ass Kevin with his Google Watch gets podcasts. I don't know. <laughs> I think I imagine they just come off Amazon to him. Stupid-ass Kevin with his Google Watch. Hey, Google. <laughs> hey, Google. Send Paul a, a text message. We're breaking up. I'm with another woman. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, oh, yeah. man. What's your topic? Uh, this one's easy. I want you guys to fill in the... I want you to fill in the blank and then tell me a little bit about it, all right? This is... It's going to be a real easy one. Sure. Uh, the, the statement is, how can you not like... And so I'm going to give you my example. Oh, okay. How can you not like blank? Yeah. Got it. it can be anything. It can be literally anything. How can you not like Seinfeld? That's That's my example. You know, yeah. This is a Seinfeld house. We have it on all the time. It's many episodes a day. Mm-hmm. And when I watch it, and I sit down, and I and I, I know I, I've seen all of these episodes. I mean, literally dozens or scores of times. Literally all of them. And you know them by heart. And you know what's going to happen in them. And you, you know, you anticipate the jokes, and yet it's still as funny as the first time you sure. saw it. And I don't feel like a lot of shows are like that. So. Because um, I'm I, I, at night, I watch a lot of Golden Girls, and I think that that's a great show. But even when I see episodes again, I'm like, all right, the humor's lost a little bit. If you if you know that if you know the punchlines, I've been watching about Dukakis and all those other yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's always yeah. They're making like really obscure political <laughs> jokes from 1988. Uh, and uh, you know, I've, I've been watching a lot of on Hallmark Channel because I'm 90. Uh, I've been watching a lot of like Frasier, and then I go mm-hmm. Nick and Night. I watch a lot oh, of yeah. Friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, these shows are funny. They're you really should, they're really Skype funny. Because I, I feel like we have the exact same nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they have like it's like six episodes of Golden Girls, and then, like, and then like a bunch of Frasier all night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, these shows are really funny, and I, and I have a new and I've, I've discussed recently that I have a new appreciation for Frasier. I always thought the show was funny, but now watching it in order, uh, as I have been lately, it's it's really really a really good show. Um, but Seinfeld is just so special, and so when I think when I find someone that doesn't like Seinfeld, like my girlfriend, for instance, uh, what, what I, are her reasons? And you've never even watched you don't watch Seinfeld, right? My my she wanna, she just she just doesn't find you. it funny. Like, and what's weird is she loves Curb Your Enthusiasm. I'm like, that's so weird because that's really that's a weird. show about George. In, in in the in essence, that is a show about George yeah, Costanza, yeah. and which is makes it. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is funnier than Seinfeld. I don't think it's as clever as Seinfeld, especially because a lot of the plots are just reused on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. They just have, literally have the same plots sometimes. Like just show, like shows just have the same fucking plot. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll see it again. Um, so I wanted to know what your guys kind of take on that statement was. How can you not like? Well, I want to know how he cannot like Seinfeld. Well, here's my. It's, it's not that I don't like it. It's that when I was young, I didn't like it because I was young. And I remember it being on TV, and I was bored by it. I was like, there wasn't punch, like there wasn't punchlines and jokes and mm-hmm. any like CG animals talking, so I wasn't really into it. Okay, so, that's acceptable. Yeah. Um, nowadays, I still have the CG animal issue, but besides that, I mean, everything I hear about it, I'm like, I'm sold. And from the little bits I see, I get it. I understand it now. I'm sure if I like, watched it now, I'd totally love it. Like it sounds right up my alley. Yeah. For like the type of humor I have grown into liking. But when I was like, you need to go watch Seinfeld. When I was like seven, watching it, I was like, hell no! It would be so exciting to be in your position in a way because you've never seen them. 
And that's yeah, and that's something that you can never I can never take. I, there's no there's not there's not a fucking frame of Seinfeld I haven't seen. This is a topic we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Of like what we could what we wish we could re-experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re-experiencing Seinfeld would be awesome. Now I I wonder how much of it would be lost not having the water cooler moments, right? Because when it was must see TV on Thursdays, coming into high school the next day to talk about, you know, what I mean, honestly, yeah, junior high and shit, because it was like that mm-hmm. that was the age range for me where it was going on. Like that was a big part, right? Of like, oh, I can't believe Kramer did this. And, da, 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 da. and I remember getting psyched up for the finale, like the finale. finale. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, for me though, I wonder how much of it won't hold up though. To be perfectly Nothing. honest, it all holds like, up. Like I, no, I mean, yes, have, the but only thing that's was... weird is he has a phone on a cord in like a really ugly desktop that he never uses. Don't get me wrong, I love Seinfeld, but I bring with when I watch Seinfeld, I bring with it that nostalgia of having seen it in the '90s, right? I, I remember that time. It was. It's very much a show that's a sign of the times, right? F- similar to. Not as wildly intense as Friends, right? Where Friends, as you go back and watch Friends, you're like, holy crap, that was like mid '90s. That, the that hair, did not the style, last. Like the you look, can't the colors. I, there, there are very few people I think that could go back and watch Friends and be like, this is every bit as good as I remember it being. Like you look back and you're like, it's a little, it's a little cheesy. It's a little rough around the edges. Sure. And, and back then when we watched it, we were like. I think we were all a little bit more caught up in the zeitgeist of it than we are now. And it was very Generation X. Yes. You know, so not that the, you're but a Generation I, X, but we're not. So it's, it's, that, it was cool to watch that as if you're watching yeah. a show about your older brother or something. But like my question is going back and watching Friends, it would, or uh, Seinfeld, it would be fascinating for Tim to watch that because he didn't vibe with it at the time. So I wonder now that you're a bit older if that is the connection for you. If you watch it and go, oh, I get it. Like, you have all those other life experiences that you bring to it, and then the humor of a show about nothing is that much funnier to you because you're like, this is actually mirroring real life. That was that was kind of the genius of the show is that it was a show about nothing, but so is most of our daily lives. Like, I mean, you know? we, we've talked about this before. And I don't remember, probably on this show, like 20, 30 million episodes ago. But Seinfeld kind of reminds me, from everything I hear about it, of the... Um, older version of what BuzzFeed now is, which mm-hmm. is just like, you ah. relate to this. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I know sense. people in the comments are going to be like, oh, no, you, you can't say BuzzFeed and Seinfeld the same thing. I'm not saying the that. Point you're saying. What I'm saying is it's like, nowadays, it's like you see the BuzzFeed list of like, 23 things you know you did in elementary school and you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, I did always draw one of those stupid little S's and I did, you know, draw on my eraser, which made no sense because, and there's lead on my eraser and that's stupid. But it's like, we all did these things and I feel like Seinfeld is that just... You know, they'd come up with a plot point to kind of get across just the moments that you know you relate to. Like I can see that, yeah. Finding a parking spot. That makes spot sense. No, that totally makes sense. Kind of stuff. It's Getting just stuck like, on the subway and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like, here's one woes, moment that stuff. everyone relates to. Like, you know you felt this. Yeah. Let's make a plot around that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. I would actually go as far as to say Seinfeld was a little even, like, simpler than that, right? But that's very true, right? It gets, it gets you in touch with those moments where those incredibly human moments of, like, yeah, that, I remember the episode with the two cars that are parked. Like mm-hmm. and living in San Francisco now, I get it. Like I would literally not first. like when I lived in Nob Hill, I would have not moved. I would have been like, nope, I'm blocking traffic. I had this first. Like I was backing in. That's the way. That's the right way to, to do it. Um, it's true. It's interesting. I think you would like it. I think if you gave I, it like three I or four know episodes, I would like it. you got to get past the pilot. The pilot. Is I would not say good. yeah, you could even skip season one yeah. to really get it rolling for Tim. Yeah, because I need to jumpstart Tim. I need to get in there with the paddles <sighs> and the bam. Yeah, the season the, the show gets crazier as it goes along until it's just totally unhinged, and that's what that's really when it. We were talking about that on Colin and Greg today about 
the last seasons, Larry David wasn't really involved in those, and so it's weird to it's weird to like say that these are the best seasons. Yet they're the ones that are just totally fucking unhinged. Like it's just because it really but is did that a go- good thing. I, 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 yeah. I, like I think cartoon. it was because by the end, it's like the show is just in, out of control. And which which episode, which season was the episode? If you remember offhand, where they had to carry he carries the air conditioning unit like through that's, the garage oh, the entire time. That's what I was saying. Like that was the that was they the genius a, of the show early on. Was like you can't find your car in the they your have a whole episode. A whole episode, Tim, of not being able to find their car in a garage. The whole thing's in the garage. That's it. See, I love they that. They can't find their car. That sounds And awesome. the entire time, Kramer bought an air conditioning unit that he has to carry around. That and reminds they actually, me of Kevin. They, when they interviewed that <laughs> character, when they, or when they interviewed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael, Michael Richards. Richards. Uh, he actually had them put weight in the box because yeah. he's like, I wanted there to be weight in the box. And he's like, boy, was I sitting I, that was a shitty decision on his part. Like, <laughs> Ten hours later of shooting and him carrying that thing, he's like, my arms were dead. So when he crams it into the car at the end, it actually yeah, falls yeah. in. He couldn't carry it anymore. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. I mean, it's it's you. I wanted to start with that particular question and that particular comment because you don't often find Seinfeld is largely considered the best television show of all time, and there's very few people that are going to ever dispute that. And I don't think it's ever going to be beaten. Now, like the the. Because it is about the zeitgeist, but it's also about how just consistently good it was and how clever it was. And I think also how deep it was because it is a show about nothing. That was its whole thing. It's a show about nothing. But it's, I think, also a show about selfish, bad people. And yeah. and I think that that is what's so funny about it is that when you just step back and stop laughing, you're like, these are awful people. They're See, all fucking think, awful. I don't think they're awful. I just think they're real people. Like, they're farcical car- like kind of uh, caricatures. caricatures of real people. But when you look at how they act, they act... They make decisions similar to how most people I know make decisions in real life, right? Where they're just kind of very selfish. They're very, very selfish. Their lives are, you know, their entire worlds revolve just around them. Jerry Seinfeld is, a t- I mean, he literally breaks up with women for no every reason. Episode, every yeah. episode. And that's, I mean, it's very similar to like how you were, especially in your early 20s. I, I, I think they're supposed to be like in their late 20s or early 30s uh, during the show. But like when they're, you would just be with someone, then, but they'd say one thing. You're like, I don't like you anymore. And it's like kind of like Wet Hot American Times. Yeah. Like, you smell like ham. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> or you smell, you smell like, like hamburgers. Burgers. I don't like you anymore. Yeah, so I agree. I mean, I think it's just a deeper show. I think that's why people love it. And it's always going to transcend and I think always be big. But see, that was know. that was my issue with Curb, though. Curb didn't i didn't think it had the cleverness of seinfeld curb had the it, it could go there because it, they could say swear words it was on hbo but i feel like because of that they oftentimes went for shock value and it was it was a show about george costanza in that costanza was the character that was constantly getting shit on he's like every you know uh uh indie ben stiller movie where the character just cannot do anything right and I hated that. And it needed to be balanced out with the Seinfeld character that kind of had it easier because he was good looking there's and a successful. Whole epi- there's a whole episode about that, about how everything goes his way. Yeah. There's a whole episode. Uh, uh, the Elaine, yeah. you know, is, is, is cute and can date whoever she wants and, like, doesn't really care about anything. And the Kramer's just out of his mind and somehow rich. I, I, can't, I never figured out yeah, how like, he could just insin- never have to work. They insinuate that he's, like, independently wealthy. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know, like, what 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 it is so that i mean the show is a lot more well balanced where you get to curb and it and curb is just really is really negative actually when you watch it that was that was a, just a dark show and i couldn't really get into it it too is much. a dark show the the thing i like about curb the thing that and, and cheryl's want to point this out why she likes it even though it, and this is something that seinfeld did really well it's the for, seinfeld format is the is the loop like they introduce things that all tie together at the end yeah and they're just these disparate parts that have nothing to do with each other yeah. that just all intimately tie in. And Curb Your Enthusiasm does it better than Seinfeld, I think, in the sense it's like that's like how like all of these five different subplots in a twenty four hour a twenty four minute show could just collide together yeah. is is so brilliant. I think that's why the, the show is clever. But um, yeah, I would I I think Curb is probably raw and funnier, but I think Seinfeld is more clever. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
So yeah, that's my answer yeah, to that question. One. That's my answer to that question. How can you not like Seinfeld? Although you don't meet people that like that very often because there's not mm-hmm. that many crazy people out there. Uh, what would your answer to the question, Nick? How can you not like? I would say how can you not like Harry Potter? Now here's the deal. I mean the books. Now people can watch the movies and movies you can disagree with the movies. The movies have different styles. They have different directors. So depending on who you like, if you like more of the traditional like approach to the series, you like the Chris Columbus, the first two films. Uh, the third film was directed uh, by um, a Spanish director. So that was – I forget his name. Um, look that up for me. Where you can. Benicio Del Toro. Don't shake your – Kevin's like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> what I'm going to do is play with this fucking pen instead of looking this up for Hey, Nick. Google. Who directed Harry Potter 3? Uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Sorry, Alfonso Cuarón is his name. Put the phone down. Mars is You're fired, Kevin. Um, so I can appreciate how you come to the movies, and they're very stylistically different. And they also kind of uh, took place over, obviously, like, I think it was like a 10-year gap. Yeah. Like, that's how long it took to get all those movies out. And they also did the thing with with Seven that I actually hated at first and then appreciated, where they broke it into two parts. But I, and I think it ended up actually working very well for that series. Whereas, like, you get the desolation of smog and things like that with Lord of the Rings. You're like, this needs to be like an hour and a half long movie let's let's cut this down we don't need all this exposition um smog but when when i when i first came to the series when i was in my i think early 20s um i'd watched one of the movies and i was like this is pretty fascinating then i saw the second movie i was like damn it i'm hooked and i went back and started reading the books and that's where the true sort of love affair with harry potter started where you read those books and the first couple are they're good then you hit prisoner of azkaban and I challenge you to get through that book and not immediately want to read the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh books. Like, they're just – she just makes this amazing world that you want to exist in no matter what age you are. And I think it's 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 one of those series that is hits on all those marks where it – what are you laughing at? Not, there's just a lot going on. Kevin, just keep what going. are you doing? No, he's not doing anything. All right. Disruptive. He's not doing anything. He's disruptive. not disruptive. And why did you make disruptive. eye contact with him and Kevin, then start laughing? Because, no, he's because not doing anything? I'm having a conversation in my head that I think he's also having in his head about my brother falling in love with Harry Potter. But I'm telling you. Right. Okay. So, what, you know, I think obviously the what people strive for when they tell stories is to ha- kind of hit as many ages as humanly possible, right? And we, we loved that. That was kind of the allure of the early Simpsons. That was the allure of mm-hmm. a lot of Pixar films is that you watch these and no matter what age you're at, you can find something to identify with in them. And for me, Harry Potter really hit that where I was, I was early, in my early twenties. I was no longer a teen. I had just graduated college. I was lost in the world and kind of trying to figure out what was next for me. And then you get this series and this is kid that's going through a very similar thing, but he's obviously much younger. I think he starts when he's 11. Um, but there are a lot of adult themes in it, and it's really treated like a book that is – like you look at it as a kid's book, and a series of kid's book, but it's not. It's actually very, 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 very for adults as well. So when people say I don't like Harry Potter, I think it's – I always challenge it. I'm like, have you read the books? And a lot of – oftentimes what I hear is no, I haven't read the books. And I'm like, well, give the books a shake, and then if you don't like it, I, I can understand that. But I guarantee by the time you get through the third book, you're going to be like, damn it. This is a really, really good series. A lot of time to invest though. Not really. They go fast. Yep. You read a book probably every three days or four days. I read the seventh book in two days, maybe. And you know how slow I read. Slowly I read. But I mean, well, I, I put like nine hours. Just a that day vampire book. It took you forever to read. You know, here's the deal with those Anne Rice books, man. I, I it was a good book, but could have. And maybe this is my patience level now because I just have the attention span of a, you know, a gnat. But um, there's just so much exposition in it. 
and she's just, there. There are parts, and it sucks when I'm when I'm reading these stories, and I'm like, this chapter does not need to be here. And I get it. This is her style, and this is what people love her for. And specifically in the '80s and early '90s, when her writing was really, really, really like coming to a head, and they were making movies out of it. And everyone remember the Vampire Chronicles? I was like, oh my god, Interview with the Vampire, and like you got Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the movie in the height of their like young. Hot careers, fucking sexy ass. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Beautiful white skin, this pale, pale vampire skin. I had two dreams last night. One was about Jurassic Park, and the other was about uh, Brad Pitt. No so shit. There you go. Was Brad Pitt in Jurassic Park? No, I'd watch two that different movie. dreams. Return to Jurassic Park with Brad Pitt. Hey, Brad That's Pitt. The title. Let's go back to Jurassic Park. Yeah, with Brad Pitt. <laughs> That's just his name. His character's name is Brad Pitt. No relation to the actor. <laughs> he plays an archaeologist. Um, but yeah, that's that's mine. The other the other thing I would say is every once in a blue moon, I don't even engage with these people. Every once in a blue moon, someone will say the words, "I don't like Star Wars," and that makes me want to take whatever table I'm near and just flip it over. That doesn't and make run sense, through man. a wall. Fuck those people. And there are people you you've met them too. People yeah. that are like, "I've never seen Star Wars." Well, there's a difference between never seen and don't like. If you've never seen it. Well, okay. We can fix so that. So I've never met the I. I've never met. I lied. I've never met the I don't like Star Wars. I've met the meh people. Really? Yeah, you know that. Yeah, but you're, you're not, not though. You're not as meh as you'll still see you the lead. Movie. Oh yeah, I'll see the movies. Yeah. No, there's a couple people out there, and I don't like them one bit. Yeah. They really suck. Well, Greg, what about you? What was your? It's what's the exact phrase? I can't believe you don't like. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you don't like video games. And I know that's mm. and I know and I'm going wrong. I understand the idea of well, I don't like Call of Duty because I don't like first person shooters. I don't like platformer. I mean, I understand not liking that, but the fact of like there's people who are so closed off to it to say that I just don't like that entire and it's entertainment medium is bewildering to me because it'd be like saying you don't like movies when really you just don't like detective dramas, right, or something like that. Yeah, that's a, that's a no, genre that, I mean, that that's still sense, booming. Right? That yeah. is a genre. Yeah, there actually, actually is, he actually. laughed at me. I wasn't sure. That's if I just funny. That up. That's where you go when you go with movies. Just detective Reaching dramas. The black. Well, I'm thinking yeah. of one I want to give two shits gotcha. about. Oh, there's gotcha. new Sherlock Holmes coming out. <laughs> Fuck you, Robert Downey Jr. and Andrew Goldfarb. I'll never see that shit. Andrew Goldfarb, what's he have to do with it? He's in it. Shut up. That's one of the movies he's an extra. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, But yeah. He's the guy that solves all the crimes. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, that's him. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't get billing on it. (laughs) (laughs) You got me on that one, Scarpino. Good job. (laughs) Well, but the problem with with video games is it's still, again, we've talked about this, is it's still a relatively new medium. Right. No, but that's the whole thing is like, and that's the thing with it, that there's people who are just so closed off to it and have such a small Mm -hmm. vision of what games are that they don't understand there's so much on the peripherals. And it's not new anymore. It's like 40 years old now. I mean, that's the the crazy thing is that games are like, I I agree with you. It hasn't been widely peripheral. has it peripherated? Thank you. Until peripherated. Until I was really born. Like <laughs> no, I mean, like yeah, I mean, we're talking about like 15, 20 years. So that's that's still only a generation or two of people that have come up with video games. And I mean, I skate that line where I, I grew up with video games, but still, I I see both sides of it. Where I'm like, there's just other stuff I want to interact with. It, it's just not your go to thing. And sure, so you're just not the, thinking. About I understand. It. And don't get me wrong. And that's where all this comes down to with anything we're saying. I think everything we're saying, you have sure. to give it a chance, sure, right? Sure. And you'd like it probably. And that's the thing here, just that the fact of like, if you don't like one type of game, there's another type of game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. look at Danganronpa. Like, that's a game that is a visual novel for all intents and purposes, right? And it's a murder mystery kind of thing. Like, that's the game. That's not Call of Duty that doesn't take, sure. you know, Twitch controls and this, that, and the other. There's something in, I think, like I was talking about with that analogy of the silly putty. Like, there's something in gaming for everybody. Yeah. And that's the whole thing of, like, I can't imagine when, like. The silly putty? Gia doesn't. Explain the silly putty? This is a tired Greg Miller 
trope, so sorry. But I was talking about that when games started, like Mario and NES, and like when games and quotes started, like when they started getting popular, yeah. people had a very, like, thought of think of silly putty. There's this like defined definition. This is what it is. But then people started to grab it and pull it in different directions to where now it's stretched out to every corner of the universe. And there's a game for every mood you're in. And there's games that are strictly just on platforming and trying to mm. get as many coins as possible. And then there are narrative experiences and dramas that redefine your life and your outlook on people and genders. Uh, that's where we are now. And that's where it's hard to explain that to people who still think of it as just Mario. Silly and so I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you used to use Silly Putty, did you ever roll it on top of newspaper and of then course, look what, at it? Yes, because that's here's how, what you do with Silly Putty. You do that. Ah, oh, the image is reversed. Cool. You shove it in little cracks and you pull it back so it says whatever you were in done. And then you go, what the fuck do I do with this? Yeah, you try to eat you it. You get some cat hair in it and you're like, ugh. I thought you it, yeah. Threw it away. Is that yeah. slime? Remember slime? Yeah, Gak? of course. Gak and slime. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was an interesting, that was an interesting time. I want to say I want to say this about, about both of you things. First of all, Harry Potter, I agree. I think Harry Potter is great. I only read the first three books. Um, and I stopped seeing the movies at that point because I was just like, well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see the movies without that. You're so like, I, you closed close, uh, issue. You closed book three and you're like, this is where I want to leave no, the story. No, it's just that there was no more books at that time and I, was, and I just back fell off. It. I just, I don't know. I, I if there had been a fourth book, book, do you think you would have just continued reading? Yeah, definitely. I really mm-hmm. like those books. Um, and uh, for video games, I agree with you. I mean, right now, games are 40 years old, give or take. Yeah, about 40 years old. And... Uh, I mean, they're older than that if you count, like, the programs. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, like, Nobody commercial games like Coleco and the stuff. The 70s. And, uh, yeah, like, 74, 75. Pong and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, Citizen Kane came out, what, 41? So we're, like, in the, we're in the same sort of period. Like, films are basically, at 40 years old, was, like, Citizen Kane and, like, all the kind of the World War II movies, really, that kind of that era, right, the 40s. So games are still relatively young. Yeah. And I wonder if you went back, and I'm sure if you did, go back to the 30s and 40s and you're like, do you like movies? I'm sure some people have been like, no. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I think, so I still think that there's a point that Nick's making that I think is valid, which is that there was, there's still, it doesn't seem young, four years old doesn't seem young, but it is. It's when there's no one left on this earth that didn't play a video game or didn't grow up around video games. That's when it stops. And that was, that happened in the 50s, 60s, 70s, really the baby boomers were the ones that, that came up and were surrounded by movies and surrounded by TV mm-hmm. and entertainment music, and they're the ones that brought it to their kids and so on and so forth. So I do think it's our gener- our kids, you know, our generation's kids that are going to be the ones that yeah. play games and don't think about it and no. aren't gamers because you're not a moviegoer and you're not these different things. Well, that said, I, yeah, and you have the parents making it okay for that, right? Sure, it's, sure. Okay. it's not. It's not only. Uh, you're not saying it's okay for your kids to play games. You're just introducing it like it was. It was TV in my household. Yeah. Where it's like it was a foregone conclusion. I'm going to come home and I'm going to watch TV. That's what's going to happen because that's. That's that, that's accepted. Eat a hostess pie. Um, I would say a better analogy for that it would be than reading, right? Like people don't read anymore. No, I and agree. When you, when you have people that are like, I don't like to read. It's like, well, okay, that let's 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 get into that a little bit because a lot of people don't read books anymore. Yeah, which they is just fucking don't. horrifying to me because I don't know how you can you cannot read a book, but because well, I, lo- I love I love because I love reading. Yeah. Books yeah. mess everything up sometimes though. They add too much like you know development and characterization. Like I remember I read the <laughs> novelization of Space Jam, and it's just they just totally got Charles Barkley's character wrong. But there's something about about yeah. that. There's it something did. about games and books that are, and I've always said this that are congruent with each other, and that they take effort. No one, no one is gonna say no generally to TV or movies or listening to music because you don't have to fucking do anything. You know what I mean? Playing games is effort, and reading books is definitely effort. I think the payoff is way bigger with books than anything. If you if you dedicate your time with it, I actually think that games their payoffs way bigger with games because you have some agency over what's going on. But mm-hmm. um, which I think is really important and what's unique about about video games. But I think we'll get to the point where things are, are more readily accepted. The ironic thing about reading today is that we are better read and read more than ever today. Yet you find a lot of people that don't read 
which is so Novels. funny to me. You can't. That's what I said before on the show, which I think is so fascinating. A lot of people don't think about it. Is you can't exist in this world without reading. You know, like if you're, we've talked about this before. You can get by after World War II being illiterate. It would mm-hmm. be difficult. You could do it. You can't be illiterate today and yeah. have like any any success. You can't because because of this. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but so on that like, note, though, do we do we wonder though? I mean, is there? You're talking about the better, the bigger payoff, and that is a very interesting thing, right? When when you finish a 500 page novel, you have a sense. Do you, you have a sense of completion, right? But in this day and age, I feel like most people are, are read just in headlines. They're just constantly reading headlines, and that's it. And that's as deep as they're willing to go or interact with things. And is that dangerous, or is that just driving us forward? I think that's a ridiculous unfair pace? to say. I mean, people do that, but they also read. A bunch of other stuff too, like articles and reviews and things. Sure, but I mean, at the at the end of the day, like, what is the longest you've read a single piece of media in the last ten years? Like, how long has that taken you to read? How long? Yeah, like you. What what is the longest piece of whatever that you've read online? Whether it's an op ed, a feature, a preview, a review. I don't know. I mean, not a novel's worth. But... Well, that's what I'm saying. And so that and that and that's that's. That is where I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that's the difference between the societies, right? Whereas, you know, in the 80s and 90s that just didn't occur. You would read the entire magazine, or you would read a book. Those are your really two. Those are the, that was it, right? I mean, am I missing another one? Maybe the phone book. You would occasionally well, just look, Reader's look Digest, somewhere digest, between yeah. a book and a magazine. But, that, that, but the point that you make the good point in that because we we can't we come from a games media background where when I would get an, an issue of Nintendo Power in 1992, I'd read the whole fucking thing. There wasn't right. a single word in that magazine I didn't read. We didn't have any other Five choice. Times. Exactly. What the hell else were you gonna do? Exa- that's exactly right. I'm like, well, I'm not. I don't know what like when I'm gonna get another fucking Nintendo Power. I have to wait a whole right. month until it comes in the mail. You don't know when the fuck it's gonna come. Yeah. Sometimes it just surprises you. It comes a little early. It comes a little late. Uh, but now we we are very selective about what we read. I just think there's a lot of irony because I think we are more intelligent and better read than ever in terms of the vast the thing the vastness of the things we read yet we don't dive into anything and so i think that that's a good point to you is you know to read a book like atlas shrugged which is one of my favorite books an ayn rand book that's that's a really fucking long book you know what i mean like that's not something you can just that's a five-year commitment for me yeah it's 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 so it's so and the text is small i mean it could be even bigger than it looks and there's parts of it that can be cut out and called or whatever, but I just feel like there's a I, I do I do get sad about the lack of reading culture, and by that I just mean books, mm-hmm. you know, because I do think reading books is really fucking important, and there's too much uh, stimulation going on that 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 distracts people from reading books. And I'm not I'm not even talking necessarily about fiction because you want your fiction fixed. Go fucking watch Game of Thrones or something. That's totally sure, fine with me. Sure, sure. I'm talking about learning something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. knowing something. Well, but that's that's always been a problem, though, right? And and now more than ever, it's hard because when you talk about reading books, oftentimes, and I see my wife do this all the time, where she reads. I mean, she's a ridiculous. Like she she reads every night. Every night she's reading a book. Most of the time, it's a it's a, a book that's basically being written to be turned into a movie, and that's a big cultural phenomenon that's happening right now. It's always been the case, but now. Because we see these so quickly kind of be adapted and people are buying them before they're even written right um, to be made into – they're buying the rights to be made into movies. A major motion picture. Yeah. I mean that – and you know these books are coming out and the second edition is coming out with now a major motion picture on it before you know the movie is either even in theaters. Um, That's that's kind of crazy and I wonder if that's – if that is adding value or if that's – I don't know. I don't really know what my point was with that other than than to say that – you know, even even books are starting to decline a little bit. I think, and oh, that they're they're people are writing, you know, two hundred, two hundred fifty pages, whatever, whatever necessitates or constitutes a book, so that it can then be changed into a movie or like made into a movie because that's where the profit margin sure. is. Sure, yeah, and I would I would go, you know, not to say like I read a lot of books, but I look through my own catalog of books on my Kindle, for instance, and I'm like, I haven't even read halfway through half of these books because like I my my attention span is even turning so twenty first century now that I'm like. 
and Kindle is so convenient that yeah. that you're like that, eh, yeah. Then I'm like I'm like I think of I literally just think of random shit. I'm like oh. Uh, you know, the Apollo program. And then I go and I go download a book about it and I start reading a book about the Apollo program. Mm-hmm. And then the next week I'm like, oh, FDR. And then I like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then like, and it's it's almost... Kindle's been a, a really convenient. I spend, I've spent a lot of money on books, uh, more than I've ever spent because I don't have to like go and buy them in store anymore. But at the same time, it's actually distracting me too because it's too easy. Sure. You know, so there is mm-hmm. a there is a give and take to that. Tim, yeah. what's your answer? Disneyland. I don't understand you, Greg. You're a fucking monster. I don't like being motion sick. There you go. <sighs> That's so silly. No, it's like I don't like their stupid fucking cartoons. I don't like their stupid fucking voices. Do you hear this? Do you hear this? I don't like their overpriced food. This doesn't. But it's like if you go to the right places, it's not that expensive, and it's good. It depends on your approach. I don't like their Marvel. Right? Is that if you go into Disneyland not knowing how to how to navigate Disneyland? And not having a strategy for Disneyland, you're probably not going to have a great time. I agree with that completely. I've never been to Disneyland without my crew. My crew knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And they get me everywhere I need to be. And it's good. See, if you go to Disneyland right now, mm-hmm. I, what I imagine is that, you know, Disney is this exact same as it's always been where they try to put as many people in that park as humanly possible. Of course. You're going to be waiting in line. You're going to be hot. You're going to probably not be hydrated because the water that they sell there is like $19 a bottle. Um, you're going to constantly want candy because they keep pumping in that smell. You know what I'm talking about? That smell mm-hmm. of sugar and, yeah. and, and, confections. and yeah, confections into your brain. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be sunburned. Sounds um, like a great time. And yeah, you're going to basically, you're going to be smelling people. And you're going to be constantly, I have to just, my memory of Disneyland is always just constantly waiting in line for Space Mountain. Just constantly in line for Space Mountain because that was my favorite ride. Um, it's a good ride. But now they have like fast pass. They have all these other things. Yeah. You do the thing where you like one of you pretends to not have a leg or whatever, and then like no, they, do they get you to the front of the line, and then you just keep up. riding the thing. You don't abuse the system no. that way. No, but you There's you have ways. figured out how to. You don't of abuse course. it. You gain no. the system. Yeah, you, you abuse the shit. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is you avoid all this stuff. You you know the exact path in the shade, so you don't get the sunburns. Mm-hmm. You plan where the the cheap water is, so you're not paying nineteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Then you get all the fast passes. You fucking plan it right. You're in and out of that park. In twelve hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did everything, yeah, goddamn it, and it was awesome. And yeah, no, they they know what they're doing, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing. And I just don't understand how you could not like it. I just don't understand the draw of it. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle on this because I don't, you know, I don't really like that fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but apart from that, we're aware. But apart from that, so I've been at Disney World in 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 Florida probably eight times, seven times, and I've been at Disneyland a couple of times. My one thing I'll say is that I don't understand how anyone says Disneyland's better than Disney World. That was that's the one that's that's my one problem. Disney World is bigger and better than Disneyland. It's newer and it's and it's unfortunately you have to go to Florida to, to go to go there, which is like the <laughs> surface of the, which is the surface of the fucking sun in the middle of July or August. Way worse yeah. than Southern California. Uh, so yeah. that's that's my one issue. But so I don't really have a problem. Like I I like the idea of the theme park and it's it's fine. It's not really for me anymore because I'm old and curmudgeonly, but. But I've been to these things many times. I used to go to Disney World almost every year, and you know, for a portion of my life. And that's my only conundrum is that when I went to Disneyland for the first time, it was like 1992 or 1993. I was like, "This is like a poor man's Disney World." I understand no. it's the original one. This was the, at the time. I don't know what what changes they made, but I'm like, it's smaller, it's quainter. There's not as much to do, and I'm not like that impressed with it. You know? Yeah. And then I went back when I was a little older. I'm like, okay, because there is something quaint about it. There's something old about it that I like, but mm-hmm. Disney World, I think, is the superior park. So that's my only... Disneyland ain't got the hoop-de-doo review. That's all I'm saying. I don't know about that. So I've never been to Disney World, so I can't personally... That surprises me. Give, I know, it's it's upsetting on all accords, but I, I can't, you know, 
compare the two from personal experiences, but from everything I've heard from anybody, and I can understand this just from what I know about the two parks, Disneyland's just all the good parts. Closer. You can get it done in one day. Whereas Disney World, you can't do the in and out in 12 hours. It's this whole it's a vacation. thing. And there's a lot more stuff that isn't really that cool. And there's a lot more just like filler shit. And also Disneyland gets all the new stuff, like faster and better. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the OG shit. And they have California Adventure, which is the realness. Is that the one and where you get in the, like, the hang glider and you like soar over? Or is that soaring, that's soaring over? Well, that's, that's a ride that's in um, California Adventure. California Adventure is its own little park. What the hell is it? It's, it's a park. park. It's What's a the adventure? Park. Like it's what? California. You're trying to survive the drought? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> There's bears. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of water. That's where they have World of Color, which is awesome. What the hell is that? It's uh the one of their it's California Adventures big show, which is like, like the this, big show? Yes, the big show's actually there. That's awesome. You choke choke slamming people, people into the water. But no, they shoot, the of the they lake, shoot just... water up into the air and then they project uh um, stuff against it. So dumb. And uh, there's like light shows and shit. It's fucking awesome. So dumb. God, like I just don't even suck, understand. Man. Like Greg, it sucks. if you it sucks if you just like, got here from the 1920s and we showed you this, it's like your county fair but bigger. I'd be like, I understand why these hicks like it. But why you, a man with a fucking watch that can do anything? To Disneyland. <laughs> I just like, did. I no. just did. It's like, there's rides and overpriced food and a bunch of hillbillies. Greg, I think, oh I think you're missing one all important. <laughs> you're missing one all important point though, Greg. Is that every roughly 50 feet. You can get a churro, and that's that can't be discounted. That I mean, I've had my first churro ever in the last year and a half to th- three years. I Jesus. remember it was at the Damon show where he had a whole bunch of churros. How are those? It's like I've never had it. Everybody's like, these aren't good. I'm like, this is really good. I'm like, the have churro. you ever had a churro? And I'm like, no. <laughs> They're like, well, these aren't even good churros. <laughs> when you get the right consistency of churro, and which Tim is will, Tim the Disneyland churro, this. the Disneyland churro is uh, crispy on the outside, yeah, warm and soft on the inside. Just like uh, I like it. Just the right amount of cinnamon and sugar on the outside. And it's handed to you by someone who one day hopes to be the CEO and president of Disney. But they're starting from the ground. Yeah, starting from I like that. So that's the other thing. The people that work at Disneyland, God bless them. I'm they sure. They, I mean, they at least they, they make it seem like they they're love it. Sure the I'm members. sure they got some issues that they hate. But you know what? I don't know that. I have, do all my friends. All of my friends that... that, that uh, Went to school for theater arts. Were at, at some point work for Disney. If you if you are in Orange County and you do anything in production, OC. like live production, you work for Disney at some point. At a certain point, like every time I do a job down there, like some someone on the crew, like we did Comic Con. I think it was uh, uh, two years ago at IGN. We were doing Comic Con, and someone's like, "I gotta go. I gotta overnight at Disney." So when the park closes, the, the crew come in and like strike whatever thing was there and put up something else, and they have to do it before the park opens the next day. It's flawless, which man. is crazy, and you never see it. It's motherfucking happiest place on earth. But Greg, so there's churros every five, every fifty sure. feet, and every five feet, there's nothing but children screaming you know and love sticky them. and sweaty yep. and Ooh, hating. That you. sounds great, coughing up their diseases, getting them all polluting out there. Yeah, that's what I want. So that sounds fun, right? What yeah. do you think? What do you think? Because I'm sure Tim's done, done it, so I don't want to. I want a real answer. I want to think answer. Mm-hmm. What do you think going to Disneyland would be like with Kevin? Oh my god, I haven't done it. Oh, you really? No, it's been very upsetting. It, it needs to happen. What is there's that been like? A few plans that haven't worked. I think that Kevin would somehow it would be pros and cons like everything with Kevin, right? It would be it would be a uh, a simultaneous amazing and horrifying experience. I think you'd get into every I think you'd get on every ride immediately somehow and you don't ask questions and it would happen. I think that every ride would be amazing were it not for the fact that Kevin would always have a churro in his hand and be a little closer to you than he needs to be. And as we've already established, Kevin is a smell amplifier. So the churro would just permeate and after a certain point, you would ha- start to hate the churro smell. 
And that would be heartbreaking for me. Kevin would make me hate the churro smell. But then he would do something amazing. Like, I'd be like, God, I'm hungry. And then just hand me one of those gigantic turkey legs. And I'd be like, "Mm, God damn it, Kevin. I mean, pros and cons. It's pros and cons with Kevin. Yeah. Pros and cons. I think ultimately, though, with Kevin. 60% pro, 40% con (laughs) for going to Disneyland with Kevin. He does sweat a lot, though. Yeah, I was going to say, will you be able to taste him? Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but you remember, he's a smell amplifier. So I'll be able to taste not only him, but the 10 or 15 people that surround him in a radius. I'll be like, every, I can taste everyone right now because Kevin's amplifying their smell. It's disturbing. I think it'd be fun, though. Kevin, we need to go good. to Disneyland. We should go to Disneyland. And you need to have fun. It's a world You don't have to, call. I wouldn't ask that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're not going to yeah, get no. blood from a stone over here. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been a while since I've been to I, I enjoy Disney. Uh, Tower of Terror is like my favorite thing. I went on that. It was their 60th birthday recently, guys. There's a whole new parade. That looks oh, legit. No. See, that's the thing. Parades suck. I'm not, what's with. the deal with a parade? No, no, no. Here's my parades thing. are so stupid. I don't like parades either. I'm not a parade Martha, guy. Martha, come out! The what marching is... man from 15 schools is going by. No. <laughs> I sure hope they play before the Saints come marching in. I'm not a fan of the parades, even even the Disneyland ones. But this one that they're doing now, it's like this. It's a it's a huge production. I'm a fan of productions when it comes down to it. It's like whether it's a video or a theater show or a freaking parade with lights everywhere and shit i'm down with it and this one looks really legit it's they are paint the night they're top of their paint game the they are top of their game no one's better than no one's better than yeah, no but, one but who's competing in the parade game no one not high school marching bands and much. one college macy's is macy's still trying here's to the thing about par- here's the thing i'm glad greg this brought this up because i never really thought about it but parade like what i a parade has never made me ever made me excited ever make me excited and then it, get your lawn chair and come sit down. The fire department's gonna roll by at five miles an hour and maybe toss you a tootsie roll. Yeah, it's just, I've always been, <laughs> I'm the, the kid. Though. I'm allowed to be here. What's with all the other old ass adults? You think, you think, yeah, uh, you think Elon Musk is going to fucking parades? You think yeah. Bill Gates has been? That's the common theme between all the smart men in America and women. They never went to a parade. They never go to parades because they had. They were thinking about real world issues and how to solve them. The last parade I went to or, or even came in contact with. Was on Market Street, and I don't even know what the hell it was for. Mm-hmm. But I was so pissed that it was in my way that I just walked right through it. I just walked right through it, and by that I mean my wife walked right through it, and I followed her, apologizing with my eyes to everyone around me. Like, so and then did you get on top of one of the floats? No, it was like it was one of those that had horses, and horses terrify me. I'll be honest with you, uh-huh. like they're giant Clydesdales. Weird, yeah, they're like they're like I mean they're like giants, really. When you come down to it. like you know that scene in uh, uh, Giants, the movie. Little wow. Giants. No. Uh, what's the one we watched? James the Giant the Snow and the Wall and the people that kill each other and have sex with their brothers Giant and sisters. Giant of Thrones. Game of Thrones. With the, uh, you know, the Giant? Yeah. The Game of Thrones? <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. Sure. Because I'm shorter than you guys. That so you have to understand that, like, that a Clydesdale to me is approximately 20 to 30% in scale bigger than it is to you. Because I'm, so, I'm, right? I'm a little sense. smaller. That than makes a lot want. of sense. Yeah. Uh, I can't look them in the eyes. I don't like any animal that does, that's not at my eye height with sure. me. So tigers are okay. But the giraffe can go fuck itself. <laughs> no one knows what the giraffe's thinking. No, it does. You can't see. Have you ever seen them fight? Yeah, it's nuts. Holy shit. Don't they whip their necks and stuff? Yeah, they just freaking like head bash each other. Their necks are all like, oh my God, YouTube it, guys. Holy not shit. Till, not until we're done with this episode. I can pause and just open up a no, don't, window. No, don't. Do what you need to do. You know, if you want to watch that video now, I mean, we're not trying to tell you what to do. You can, you have liberty and, and free will. Unless you're in Europe, because then we have all the freedom. Yeah. You lack a lot of freedom, but but you, you were born free. But you'll die under the queen's boot. Does she still wear boots? Oh, Maybe yeah. when she goes hunting. Just cowboy boots. Nick! Yes? What's your topic? Uh, 
I've been watching a lot of, uh, well, I've been reading a lot of DC comics lately. Yeah, you have, man. Uh, largely because I think you guys are rubbing off of me. But playing a lot of PS4, reading a lot of DC comics. That's the Talking about getting a Vita. It's the kind of funny way. Um, thinking about getting a Vita, someone actually offered, uh, if I got a Vita, they, they said they'd buy me Persona Dancing All Night. Yeah. Is that, did I get that oh, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which sounds like something that I thoroughly would not enjoy. But I'll give it a shot because I'm open to everything. Thank you. Uh, including taking Kevin to Disneyland with me, which I th- I'm sure would be, again, 50-50 pro and con. Uh, you literally have different numbers. <laughs> Ten seconds ago, all right, seventy seventy thirty. Um, but one of the things I've noticed is that DC is a you know, like Marvel, they're great storytellers, right? And I think they they tend to be a little bit better in the storytelling uh, on the comic side than they are on the motion picture side uh, for now. And that sure. could change. We'll see. We're we're seeing them ramp up their their universe, their their cinematic universe. Um, but one of the things I thought they've always excelled at is their animated universe. Oh yeah, and they have they put up maybe I want to say mainstream movies because they do all like the Lego tie-in movies and things like that. But I want to say that they put out maybe one two really quality animated films from different studios every yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, most notably, the one I just watched was Justice League: um, Gods and Monsters, and it's good. I haven't watched it yet. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, what is it? It's uh, it's a different take on Justice League, but where, done by Bruce Tim though. Done by Bruce Tim, where uh, instead of um, Jor-El having being the father, Zod is the father of Superman. So like there's a little switcheroo last minute and so Superman is <laughs> as before a you get sent switcheroo. out. I mean that's literally what it is. Okay. You haven't seen it yet. No, I oh, I've read the comics prequel. There you go. So <gasps> I can tell you all about it. I can tell you all about what's happening. Um so the idea is on the planet the Justice League is not the Justice League that we know. It's not Bruce Wayne, it's not uh Diana Troy, is that her last name? Prince. Prince. Um who's Diana Troy? You're thinking of Donna Troy, Wonder Girl. The original Wonder Girl. Not, of course, the new Wonder Girl that fucked Superboy before they blinked out continuity. Um, instead, it's a whole different a whole different uh, host of people. Now, they are still crime fighters, but they're, super, they're like, brutal. But they all have different, like, their whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Like, Batman is actually, he's it's man-bat, but it's, he, even in a different way where he's got to suck blood. He's a yeah, vampire. He's, he's doing all this stuff. Superman, when he comes and he lands, he lands in, like, Mexico. His parents bring him across the border to be a migrant worker. Right. So he's got this huge chip on his shoulder, and, like, he's he feels like a, even more of an outcast and outsider. Right. Uh, he also says the word Dios mío a couple times. Because, again, now he's been raised in Mexico. Because he's been raised in Mexico. Which I originally didn't remember because they gloss <laughs> over it at the beginning of the film. Just kinda, that's why he had to read these prequel comics. Right. So really I was like, that's an it. interesting turn of phrase for <laughs> Superman to say. Ay, Dios mío. He, just, he, just, he literally sees someone. He sees like a dead body. He's like, Dios mío. And you're like, hmm. Mm. Te amo, baby, te amo. And I'm like, whoa. What? Superman's trying to seduce me with his mouth words um but it's it's cool because it's an interesting take and it's super violent i mean it's really violent people die you see a lot of blood they've been able to go a little more rated r with this yeah I don't, it may still have a pg-13 rating i don't know i don't really understand I mean, ratings anymore yeah they um, get away with a lot but my question is what where do you where do you guys land on this what are you know are you into the animated realm when it comes to dc and why is it that they can make great animated films and tell great stories of the comics but they've had such a hard time transitioning that over to film well, animation is so much more close to comics than live action. So I feel like that's the easy answer. Is it's just it's hard to make that stuff in real life, but a cartoon, you know, cartoons and comics are essentially same thing, but one's in motion, you know. So it's like But okay, so the backing up to that, why is it okay for them to make an animated movie where Superman is is, is the son of Zod? 
but they can't do that. They can't take that risk or that liability with because it's the audience it's aimed at. Like you, everyone here, when you said he's the, he instead of Jor El Zod, we get that. We understand that at a base level. Mm-hmm. Whereas a mainstream audience doesn't, and that's why they burn so much time with these movies where they have to come out and set up who they are and tell the origin and do this to mm-hmm. over-explain who this character is. Because a gajillion people who have never even heard of Zod are going to go see that film and get introduced to that character in Man of Steel and understand what that is to an extent. The animated series, they're able to go out and take these shots because they're b- building them for an audience that is either still reading comics or was into comics and understands mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and I, I mean, I have to, I don't have but, uh, the financials, but the mainstream audience, I don't think, are downloading these movies and checking them out or buying them off the shelves and coming back and like, what is going on? I mean, with they're this? not. You can if you go to a Best Buy, these movies maybe a month after they come out are like essentially being given away. Like they're the bargain bin sure. stuff for sure. Sure, but at the same token, if we're constantly being told, if we're constantly being forced to retell origin stories every five years, every time we put something out, then doesn't that rationale, by that same rationale, can't we just tell any story at that point? Yeah. it's No, don't get me I'm with you that it's a huge fucking problem that they don't have a way around yet. Like, if people don't know the origins of Spider-Man at this point, they're never going to get it. I mean, Spider-Man's the one real... You know, example of that happening now. That's well, just Batman. R- ridiculous. Now we're gonna get a third to retelling of Batman where he's out. Really, I'm sure they're gonna you, have to be like. Bat- they're gonna show. Yeah, they, they, I mean, we already saw it in the trailer the slow motion died. gun, but I, I really feel like that's a flashback. It's a flashback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just making a nod to like what happened. in this feels like know, the first whatever. time where they're really doing something in the movie. The you know in Batman v Superman where it's like. Times past, he's an old Batman. We're giving you something different. You know what I mean? And the same thing with the 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 Jason Todd Joker theory we came right. on the show last week, two weeks ago. Like, there's that thing to it of like, shit. Maybe they're actually going to treat us with that modicum of respect that you can get around and do something. But what's always fascinating about this when we talk about this and these animated universes, and I mean, we're talking about Bruce Tim right here in particular, mm-hmm. right? Is like what we love. Avengers and Marvel's cinematic universe for and what we're hoping doesn't go wrong with DCs in this is what DC's been doing when they were on TV, right? Mm-hmm. It was Batman the Animated Series and it was Superman the Animated Series and they were in the same universe and then it was Justice League and then it was Justice League Unlimited and they kept building up on yeah. these things to where it was. You suddenly... A universe. You, you had Hawk and Dove getting fucking episodes of their own and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who cares hey, about hey, this? I care about Hawk and Dove. You're stupid. I care about Hawk they and Dove. They got their own episodes and they had their own things and we fleshed this thing out. That was Justice League Unlimited though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying that's that's how it got to at the point where they were like, well, hell, put everybody in there and let's actually tell these things. And right. we're preaching to the choir here again. Like, I don't think Justice Unli- Justice League Unlimited is hitting on people who, I've never cared about a comic before, but this Hawk and Dove, yes, let me watch what the, you know what I mean? Like, then you get to the point where you've told all of that stuff and you have an audience that understands it. So yeah, now let's go out there and mm-hmm. make gods and monsters. Let's go out there. And give adult takes and quotes on, you know, what these people are and tell stories that are in an animated form that under the Red Hood's a great story. But does anyone who want to see a Batman movie that references relies so hard on this Jason Todd storyline? You know what I mean? That do they understand what that is? Yeah, but I would. Right. I mean, yeah, isn't no. that, and that's the thing I think. So, so is your feeling now that there's this a little bit of a shift happening where they are trusting that audiences can kind of either figure it out and or the relevancy of those origin stories doesn't quite matter as much as you hope i mean that's what you hope with these universes right and the big test is going to be when you know robert downey jr doesn't want to be iron man anymore Mm -hmm. and when Hugh jackman doesn't want to be wolverine exactly like what do you do when you put a new character in there and how are you explaining that or what are they going to do and how are they going to work with that or do they eventually just blink out the universe you know i mean i feel like x-men's still tumbling towards that it's all going to be rebooted at some point, I feel Marvel's going to get the licensing rights back, and they're going to bring them into the universe, and they're it's not going to... just like Spider-Man, and like that's the, the issue with Spider-Man, is it, it didn't need to be rebooted the last time it was. Yeah. Like, that, they, 
messed up real bad giving him another origin story and all that shit they should have just kept giving spider-man yeah because now him being rebooted now feels super weird and wrong but it's not that they need to reboot spider-man now it's that because of the universe it's in they need to retrofit him in somehow which means he has to have an origin story spider-man can't couldn't have just been doing shit while the avengers and all the shit was happening so it's like we're forced into a reboot for spider-man because of the MCU, right? Whereas last time we weren't with Spider Man, I think Marvel is where this all kind of gets really interesting because how come they haven't had good animated movies? You know, I feel like it's because they didn't have the the nut, the base that DC did, where it was here's this awesome Batman series, here's this awesome Superman series, here's this awesome Justice League, and now. But I mean, it's like in the '90s, they they weren't all the same. I mean, I guess they were the same universe, like X Men and Spider Man. Was yeah, Spider Man that was yeah, in the X Men yeah. universe? Yeah, there oh, was yeah. like a whole like big crossover series and Fantastic Four. At least it was in the animated series. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man like, was so on all it. the 90s animated Sorry, shows were... I thought you guys were talking about comics. Obviously, well, comic, the comics world was the same. But yeah, in, in the original X-Men, yeah, Spider-Man gets caught in the mansion and all that stuff. And cool. Fantastic Four That's as awesome. well. That's so it's awesome. like... But then they've never had success. And those shows were but successful. Like, and so that... And now this is going to sound like a normal DC swipe at Marvel, and I don't mean it to be, but it could it be said that... That's that the reason that doesn't have the relevancy and that keep going is the fact that I've always felt like Marvel cartoons are cartoons for kids and DC cartoons could be for kids, but they could be for adults. Like the themes of animated series, Batman, the animated series was wrestling with and doing things like when there's the Batman cyborg who's wrestling with his, he's really Batman, like the dreamscape episode and all these different things. Like there's, Themes in there that I would, I still want them to put that on Netflix because I'd love to watch that start to finish. Oh, I mean, I feel I'd like that's that not on Netflix, yeah. yeah. X Men had right. stuff like that too, and Spider Man, Fantastic Four, maybe not. Spider Man so did, yeah. Like, Spider-Man? I watched Spider Man and I loved Spider Man, I had all the action figures. I don't it, feel no, like Spider Man I mean, was it, on that level of story. It telling. definitely wasn't on that level. I mean, okay. you were right, the DC 90s cartoons overall get the edge over the Marvel for sure, but. You know, the, it's not like the Marvel are that much lower. Sure, sure. It's not like okay. it's modern stuff where a lot of the stuff is kids shit. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the '90s stuff. And I feel like that—that's where they've separated here, especially right, is the fact that Marvel is still making kids shit. Where DC is like, here's this. Oh, we love Gods that. and Monsters. Not a kids. We love that awesome Jeff Johns Brainiac run. Let's put it out as this Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. Let's put that out as a that. It's definitely not a kids movie. I think you guys are overlooking. You know. Some, you, you've talked about it. You're not input. You know, you're not. You're, you're implying it. Maybe you're not explicitly saying it. Which is, you know, when I flirted with comics in, in 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, when I was like really getting into that stuff, it was the Batman animated series that really was pretty seminal for me to, to get into Batman. I really appreciate. It. And what we're not really saying, which I think is somewhat obvious, is that the Marvel cartoons, like, I never watched Fantastic Four, but I watched a lot of Spider Man. I watched a lot of X Men. They're very fucking crude compared to compared to the way DC's ca- cartoons were done, Batman and Superman, the ones I watched, in terms of animation, in terms of the way they look and the way they hold up, the writing, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, even at the time, I was like, these are very second-rate compared to what DC's doing, you know? And I don't know if that's a commonly held, you know, commonly held notion or mm-hmm. something that I'm just... I just saw it a different way than other people saw it. But I remember even back then, I, I watched Spider-Man and X-Men every day after school, and Batman was, like, a fucking treat, man. When, it, when Superman came out, I even watched a little bit of that, too, because it was the same style. It looked the same. I mean, this is the, this is the Superman from it. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a vision with the DC cartoon. Exactly. Like, I just felt like they weren't... The X-Men... It, it reminds me a lot of Transformers and G.I. Joe and stuff, where, like, you can tell that they... Like, in, in hindsight, they were just shipped out overseas. They were done fucking really crudely. They did not look good. Uh, where I, When I look at... And they're not that... The, the X-Men... Don't get me wrong. X-Men Spider-Man aren't that bad. But they're, they're I feel, like, kind of similar to that, where as opposed to... Whereas opposed to the DC ones, especially Batman, I feel like those are really fucking good. And, well, and, and that's the, the one thing. That's the way I feel about some of these movies today. It, mm-hmm. It's almost like a, a common theme where I feel like I'm maybe more DC aligned 
just in that sense. But it was it was another thing too, which was that I feel like Batman and this, Batman and Superman were able to focus on one person and the char- the cast of characters like the villains, the the, the, the rogues around them. Whereas opposed to X Men and Spider Man to a much lesser extent. Spider Man was there was a lot of sinister sick shit in all those cartoons and weird shit like that. But there was a lot of X Men. In other words, they weren't a, there was not a lot of exposition. It seemed like there wasn't a lot of w- w- reason for them to focus on one character at a time. They had to focus on a bigger group or a bigger. You know, to me, when I watched Spider Man, I felt like the draw was the enemies. In my in my opinion, shocker. Um, that's how I felt in all the shocker. That was where that joke came from. Um, so I mean, that's just as a, someone who's quite ignorant on comic books. That was always my takeaway from that era because that was when I was actually engaged in comics. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's all I, I really think have to say about the issue. The X Men and Spider Man <laughs> series, you know, I think what your the actual style of animation was more complex. The the visual styles they were going for was a lot more was kind of harkening back to the '80s where they would actually try to draw characters a little more true to form uh, with with realistic features. Um, but what that unfortunately did was it made the film the the specifically X Men. I think Spider Man as well. Um, X Men I think ended prematurely if I remember correctly because it was just so damn expensive to create and didn't and to make and so I think where they relied heavily on the visuals I think that was where you saw DC step in and go let's not make that mistake let's develop a visual style that is elegant and simple mm-hmm. and that will just mm-hmm. allow us to tell really cool stories very very sure. quickly yeah. um, and experiment because as the cheaper the series is to create and I'm, I, I'm not basing this on any facts I don't know this for sure but the cheaper the style is to create the easier you can bang them out and take more risks with them, and I think and that's worry what, more about the things that matter. That matter, which over, is the storytelling, yeah. the character development, and you know the actual, you know, paying attention to the acting, um, and and making sure that. And I don't know if this was a conscious decision or if this is just the the environment at the time and and how everything uh, evolved and progressed. But Kevin Conroy as uh, as Batman, you know, to me, the second he started doing that voice, I didn't even question it. It just he was Batman, yeah. and somehow, some way, has still is still Batman. I mean, his voice is still synonymous with Batman, seeing it all the way through most, some of the animated series. Um, they, I think they've branched out now and they're starting to find other talent for Batman, specifically in God's Monsters, because yeah, it's a different it character. Up. They shake it up and do stuff where they'll bring um, in Troy, they'll bring in Roger Craig Smith, right, they want right, this right. Batman to sound differently, but still, like, but the, when it's a, a marquee that, Batman though. thing, yeah, they bring in Conroy. Even now, there's like, they make movies that do take place in that universe. Yeah. In the... Is it called just DC animated universe, yeah, whatever? I don't know. But I mean, but Gods like, and Monsters, I think, is, is specifically. I think it's supposed to be in that universe, but it's an alternate universe. But it is. It is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know is that a weird contradiction yeah, of terms? Yeah, yeah. It is in that universe, but it's just an alternate telling of that story. Mm-hmm. But very same style, same same character design, same characters. But it's just. just it's well, a what that's if the Bruce Timm. Like you'll go yeah, right yeah. into that, and yeah, you'll you'll be like, this is familiar territory. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I don't why don't they? Rude. Just, I don't mean, mean to be rude, by the way. I'm just I'm watching the X Men intro because I haven't seen it in so long. Bam, it's basically bam, the way bam, I remember. It's not like I said. It's that, that same. It's yeah, the no, same no, spirit no, no, as no, no, the no, no, 80s no. stuff. It's just it's a little bit better done, but it's uh, it doesn't have that soul, man. Batman had fucking soul. Had I really to it. it did. I really, really, really think those Batman cartoons, being quite ignorant about Batman, um, still even though I love him, I mean that was when I really fell in love with that character, man. They're fucking aw- those cartoons are fucking rad. This whole look, which is you know Superman was inspired obviously by that look of Batman, yeah. Um, it's so fucking. It's so. It's perfect. Are you kidding me? It's if, fucking perfect. Like I. Like I. 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 I don't know. I love it. I think it looks great. It, this, I, I'll always have very fond memories of it. Do you remember the Superman Batman crossover? Yeah, Joker, the giant green jade statue that was yeah. Kryptonite. Yeah, that blew my mind. That was awesome. That was what we had been waiting for forever. Right? Yeah. yeah, that was so good. I used to rent all the VHSs of all the the Batman and Superman shit when I was a kid. Yeah. God, the, it was so I have, good I have a quick question because you you guys were you guys were talking about. Uh, as, as I know, and I'm sure most, you know, people that, that watch our show know a lot more about the stuff than I do, but uh, X-Men and Spider-Man being kind of cast out during Marvel's problems. In other words, Sony acquired, I guess, Spider-Man. I don't know who the fuck owns that. Fox. 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 
what is the do we is it public what the deal is in other words is the deal in perpetuity mm-hmm. like do they forever control because because or tim was saying like maybe they get them back but like why would that ever happen they won't get it back until they sell them back the thing is like we never thought that spider-man would go to marvel well, either that's I because did. spider that's because sony studios is hurting right now yeah exactly. but, and that's how it's all going to happen is yeah. that everybody's going to get weak and they're going to continue to see knock on wood depending on who you are this juggernaut of the marvel cinematic universe continue to snowball and grow and that's when eventually fox has to do the same thing i'm just like Fuck! If we could cross over, it would be, let's do, let's do Avengers versus X Men. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Our X Men versus their Avengers. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, you, you, hopefully you will see that. Sony, Sony is you will. In, Money makes it all go around, and that's that's what people see. That's the dollar signs. I think. They're but what I'm hoping for, and what I would hope, is that there. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of competition between these studios, but there's so much money to be shared in revenue. Yeah. That it would be. I'm sure they're talking. In fact, you know, you know, they're talking. Right? They're obviously talking. They're talking about. They're they're bringing Spider Man back into the fold. Um, eventually what you're going to see is your uh, Fox is just going to turn around and relicense those characters out to Marvel, out to Disney. Because it's not uncommon, by the mm-hmm. way. This happens all the time in TV where um, in Fox television studios, they'll they'll produce something that then goes on NBC just because mm-hmm. maybe they don't want to actually distribute it or NBC wants to go sell it or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think there was just a law passed. There was a law, and I don't know if it's it's still in place, where you had to have a certain percentage of your programming if you owned a television network come from outside sources and that may have just changed i'm not quite sure um but so so it's not uncommon for fox to have to work with someone else and it behooves them to because if they're making a lot of money with their x-men cinematic you know the x-men movies that they're making why not just then turn around and license those characters that you've built because i mean like it or not those are very popular franchises days of future past prove that it was popular it did well they're making Apocalypse. It looks cool. I'm going to go well, see Well, they're it. making more than Apocalypse. They're um, making Apocalypse and Gambit and Deadpool. And... Well, I just mean like the actual X-Men, like just the X-Men movies, which feel like the Avengers movies, right? That's what they're trying yeah. to go for, where they're trying to build up their own. Dead- Deadpool is, owned, is a part of the X-Men universe? Yeah. He's owned by Fox, I believe. Yeah, yes. that's why he was so in X-Men Deadpool, Wolverine. X-Men, Fantastic Four. They had Daredevil, but they lost Daredevil. Back to Marvel. They have yeah. Fantastic Four. That's useful. Um, <laughs> I'm, su- I'm super interested. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see how that one does. That movie looks like shit. See, I'm uh, most interested about that movie. I have not seen a single trailer for it. Really? I've oh, really? St- I, I've stayed like, away oh, from it completely just because I just want to see what happens. But <laughs> I'm interested good. to see how they get it involved with the the X Men and like how they make that part of the. Have universe. they said they're going to do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. But I mean, so they're gonna have like a Fox universe. They have to, right? Well, they already sort of have a Fox universe. No one, no one thinks of it in terms like that. But I mean, they've made a bunch of Fantastic Four movies already. Well, those no, those, those aren't don't exist though. anywhere though. No, but this... I mean that's what I'm saying is though they have they have those two big franchises that they could. Those are two big teams. Now they're not the Avengers, but I would have argued back in the '90s that obviously to me, X Men was way cooler and way more important and impactful uh, but, I mean, to the mainstream than the Avengers. But I, that's your point is kind of being proven to a sense where it's like yeah the avengers and stuff is the marquee thing because that is where it that is marvel and it is the the proper canon or whatever mm-hmm. but it's like x-men obviously very successful yeah yeah so it's and like, cooler it is, let's be honest it's like right they're they're right there you know it is, it, i've never thought about it but it is somewhat impressive that i think to the mainstream audience and with marvel typically x-men will probably be the most visible for them mm-hmm. and it's amazing that marvel as with their cinematic universe has done what they've done with really i don't want to say b tier because that's not true but like characters that maybe it is in a way like characters that are just not as well known it's actually somewhat impressive that they did it without spider-man and well, without the x-men the it's most, amazing the most well-known marvel characters spider-man wolverine and they didn't have either of them, mm-hmm. and so. they still and they still made it work. It's 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 pretty impressive. But yeah. I, I think I, I see that not knowing very little about Fanta- about Fantastic Four. I have two questions about that. 
that we can't really answer. A is that like, does anyone? I don't mean this to be disparaging, but like, does anyone like really care about Fantastic Four? Is this like a comic book that thrives and that does that well, does well? Are there people that like ride or die? <laughs> this gets into a whole other crazy can of worms because because does... all these film rights have been like. You know, oh, so they don't do the Fantastic things. Four anymore. Marvel's been slow in its role on the Fantastic Four comics. So it's like there's a lot of huh. political games going on in, in every sense. I would do the That's same thing. why eventually they'll find a way to bridge that gap. They will. There's money to be made there. It's silly that they're those two sides of the camps. It'd be silly for those two sides of the camps not to be talking about a rev share somehow. Right? It's as simple as me saying, I own the rights to Fantastic Four. Tim wants to make a Fantastic Four movie in his in his universe. I will license those rights out, and we will talk to each other so that we are not stepping on each other's toes when we develop these two series. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, that's what's happening with Spider Man. It's happening with Spider Man. It's going to happen with Wolverine. Like Marvel doesn't own. It's going to happen with X Men. It's the, it's going to film rights. My second question is so so we've established that because that's really interesting to me. I never really thought about that. The, the business game of just fucking your competitor until that yeah. until they just can't until it's just unsalvageable which is really quite and clever buying the rights back. yeah exactly yeah. at its lowest market that's right. happening for sony so um so that's actually really clever the the second thing because I'm, I'm always curious like just on that level like is there like who's really like who's like i'm i'm all about mr fantastic i love Reed that's Richards. my fucking dude now I, I i always i look at the fantastic four and i'm like the name itself is very reminiscent of a different time um, but the characters are cool, I guess. I just don't understand. I just don't understand like why they keep going back to this. Well, my my second question is: Am I the only one that thinks that this Fantastic Four movie is just not going to do well? Because I'm just, I'm just, I, or is it just going to? It's inherit? a big question. It's, this it's is a, a big question. I don't think it's going to because, do well. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I think people expect this one not to do well because it's it is Fox, which right now is seen as the. I mean, there's really only two, no, three universes, I guess, with DC, but Fox is kind of. The last place one overall, I would say. But they have X-Men, which is huge. And people right now like X-Men more than they ever have. They are in a good place with all that stuff. They, they are they not brought, in a good They were place. able to bring it back with Days of Future they brought it, well, even with They first were in a class. bad place with oh, First Class. I'm sorry, you're right. I yeah, keep forgetting about First Class. First class. They, they brought it back with uh, Days of Future Past. They, they look like they're in a good place. Deadpool looks awesome. All this stuff looks great. But so far, they haven't been able to have any other series that is in X-Men work. So in Fantastic Four, this... Oh, no, it's worth. It's also you're, worth noting. Everything though. you're saying is right. It's like Fantastic Four is not that marquee thing that everybody's like waiting for and wanting. But neither was Iron Man or Thor. Sure, or... and that's that's what I'm trying to say. That's why everything. It's it seems like it's very unpredictable because I think with Fantastic Four is because I think Nick brought it up when we were talking about the movies. We had our argument on the show about the movies and all these kinds of things. Is I I'm most curious about how Fantastic Four does to see if they just shit can that second Fantastic Four exactly. movie completely. Exactly. Um, or if they they might they they filmed it all at the same time. You know, no, so. no, they would, that would have been a new. Is there even a second one announced? Yes, yep. it's on that, it was on that docket we went through, and that was my question too. Of like, yeah, if this one underperforms, do you really do that? But that's yeah. Fox having to either bite down and we're going to get through this, or mm-hmm. Fox, See, let's talk to Marvel. What do we do with these guys? I hope it performs, and I hope it performs because when movies, when movie studios like Fox look at their lineup for the next few years, they they need to be able to account for the fact that this movie is going to make its money back, so they can take risks with things like. A rated R um, Deadpool Deadpool yeah. movie. Oh, we saw that with the Superman documentary. What's that? We yep. saw that with the Superman documentary. They talked about how they, yeah, that's they what ate shit out of all these movies, and that's why Superman ultimately didn't yeah, come that's out. and that's unfortunate. And right and right now, like I, I, point. I, I'm really proud of Fox, and I'm really looking forward to the fact that they're actually trying to pioneer the rated R superhero film, which is um, really cool. Like when they you get do that, something different, when you get that sort of experience. I can't remember three hundred. Pretty sure three hundred was rated. Yeah, three hundred had to be rated R because there was nudity and a ton of violence in it. But like that movie <laughs> specific. Well, I was I was like the violence. Wait, was right, all, titties and blood. 
Well, the violence they can get around by like like uh, uh, shading the blood a different color. But I forgot that Lena Headley got uh, incredibly nude in that film. Incredibly um, nude. Yeah, it was a fantastic scene. My favorite type of nude. But movies like that, experiences like that, right, with Sin City, things like that, where you're like, I'm getting a comic book, a graphic novel experience. Let's sure. not let's stop calling it a comic book movie. This is more of a graphic novel experience. That is where I think the future of that that genre can go. Well, bringing it back to your topic of why DC animated so done so well, why why DC animated does so well, why they've struggled in the movies, and why Marvel's able to succeed, I think, is the fact that. I think DC animated is the most DC stuff they do in terms of something outside of comics. You just constantly like developing. The, is that what you those think? Those are the creators who get to step over and let's let's take our let's but, take one of our best series ever and make it into a thing. Whereas with a movie, it's like, all right, Zack Snyder, make and you, you sit down and it's three revisions and this producer owns this. So all these different people get in there and toy with it and muck around with it when it should just be all right, Jeff Johns, what do you want to make? And well, I say that, that bring, he had a hand in Green Lantern, of course. So well, yeah, but Green Lantern had a lot of hands. A lot and of that, hands that is the problem that. is when you you know the animated movies. I, I don't know how much they cost to make but they probably have to but they're probably in the tens of millions um low tens of millions i don't think they cost that much um but then you're talking about green lantern or a movie like batman v superman where you're talking upwards of 150 to 200 million dollars yeah there's a lot of people that start to get a little anxious when you start spending that much money and of course then they want to dip their hands in and muddle the pond up a little bit um but then why not just take a risk and bring in a story consultant like uh, any of the any of these I guys mean, like, that are writing, you these would know better runs. than I. But I would imagine, and I first off, I think they're doing that now. But the reason things have been fucked up for a long time, and again, you know better, it's just Hollywood bullshit. No, yeah. I well, think Marvel is the Marvel d- d- seems to be the thing that are like, all right, come in and tell us how do we make these heroes into these movies? Great, see, awesome, and and then X Men, X Three, fuck you. McGee's got a great idea. He's gonna go out and do it. You know what I mean? Like well, that. poor McGee had a. Well, it wasn't McGee. It was Brent Ratner, I think. Oh, sorry, my bad. I hate McGee because he was supposed to be. He was attached to a Superman movie that never happened. So I have a different reason. To hate a lot him. of people have been attached to that Superman movie. I know. Uh, no, but I mean that's the thing. I, I think uh, hopefully they're learning from that. And again, my my knowledge base for this is a little bit off because I don't really follow who's who's writing the actual comic books and the and the movies. Sure, 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 sure. sure. Um, so maybe they they are very well starting to bring in story consultants. But that was the power of the Avengers, right? Is they brought in Joss Whedon, who had written comics, who yeah. had who had come from that world, that developed specifically some of those characters. And I think you see DC doing that now in terms of how, who they're bringing in, consulting, and how they're making all this happen. Who should be the guy? Who's the be- I mean, who's the best writer? Of Batman? Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Yeah. Well, no, it's Scott Snyder for Batman. Jeff Johns so. overall. But yeah, and I don't know. I don't think Scott Snyder's being consultant for the movie right now or anything. Mm. But like that. I mean, if you wanted a Batman tale, go to Scott Snyder. You think sure. Zach would just talk to his brother? Uh, There's another director that they could have used. Chris Nolan. Oh, you mean the Godfather of the picture? <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like we're, we're talking. We're about not it. going back down this hole. No, <laughs> I don't want to go back down this hole, but I, I will say because like the, the overwhelming success of Marvel has eclipsed, in terms of volume, has eclipsed the fact that I still think that those movies are way better. So it's it's, and I, I think that from the movies I've seen, from the Marvel movies I've seen, I enjoyed them. Yeah. But you know they're different, so I just think that I I do I want to say that I think DC has found their success. My my thing is that I think they found their success very early, and it can be very perilous to their future. You know that's the one thing I'm I'm most excited about um, because there's such a set definition now of success for them. Yeah, and well, I think it's gonna be yeah, really but I, that's what I'm gonna be, I'm going to the fucking Batman versus Superman when it comes out with that exactly in my mind. So it's and I'm yeah, not and I'm not gonna be again, the only one. You're gonna see Batman. <laughs> Make no mistake. There's no way Batman v Superman tanks. No way. That movie makes. I'm not saying a that at all. Jillion. I'm not saying that at all. For, I'm saying, of course, it's gonna Warner. do well. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is right. in terms of quality and the cadence of that movie yes. and everything about it. That's a, it's gonna be in everyone's well, mind. And that's and to your point, we're all gonna see it. It's gonna do incredibly well. The question is, what happens after that? What happens when everyone walks out of that theater with a general not disdain? I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Mil, uh, malaise. <laughs> right? They walk out and they're just like meh, meh. 
Yeah, you know. I think that's but you walked in a Batman solution. Begins, and you were like, "All right, I need to see another one of those." That was actually pretty mm, unique. Mm, um, mm. So, I mean, that that will be the that will be the question because they're you know are they are they focusing on the story? And that, I guess that's that's the nature of my point is. What can DC do to focus more on the story, less on the visual, more on that story craft? Whereas I think uh, Zack Snyder is doing that, but somewhere along the lines, they just haven't hit it yet. Like Man of Steel just didn't quite hit it. It had a lot of great elements in it. Yeah. You st- if you think about the story of that film, it w- I thought it was really cool. It's a cool sci-fi take. I mean, it's a cool sci-fi film. It's great. Yeah. I liked it. I love the beginning. I love the setup. They went wrong somewhere in the middle, but can they can they get that back? I don't think it was that far you know, I don't think they, went, they diverged that far from where they needed to be with it. And see, here's the problem. Here's the problem with what that we're to wrap all this up is the problem of what you're saying is how would you have felt about Man of Steel if it was an animated film? You just watched a tale last night where S- Superman was a migrant farm worker who said "Ideos mios" or whatever, and like it's like <laughs> I'm saying like the, you expect the comics to do whatever the fuck they want, right. but when we come to a motion picture, we expect something, and we didn't get it with Man yeah. of Steel. And this is what I, my argument: this movie continues to be is that when my expectations were not met, I, when I took time off and I came back a year later and watched, it, I was like, you know what, this was this was good. It's it was setting good. up a universe in it a was. different way. So like the malaise and stuff again, I think. If everything goes right for them, Suicide Squad will be the one where it's like, oh, this is the universe. This isn't just X. Okay, I got you. You know got what you. I mean? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like that takes so much time to build that what's been against DC so far is the fact they have one movie out there where everyone can turn and go, well, Zack Snyder can't make a fucking Superman film, clearly. Maybe he's making his Superman film just like right. these animated se- series films are. This, I mean, like Superman Doomsday, I remember watching and I'm like, okay, oh, cool. Superman and Lois are fucking. That's a great... I'm glad they're doing that. I'm glad they're not fuck. Me too. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Superman's fucking Lois, and Lois doesn't know he's Clark? What the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? And then, the, But it's it was hot. like, all right, whatever. This is your story. Go ahead and do it. Right. And meanwhile, Superman returns. He has an illegitimate child with, Su- with Lois. And I was like, <gasps> what the fucking resolve this? Resolve it now! Yeah, that was... We, we, should, we can dive into that that Superman Returns at a later date. But I'm, I'm with you. I went back and watched Man of Steel again on the plane. We were coming yeah, back yeah, from... Yeah. Uh, where were we coming back We've from? had this conversation Dallas. a million times. Yeah, I'm just saying. That's it is. Animated it, versus motion picture is a different thing. It is. Well, I guess we'll have to just... We'll have to wait and see. And I'm glad... See it, I think DC Superman. succeeds because they let creators who go out, do these animated films, and tell whatever tale they want. Like, I always talk about Batman Assault on Arkham, right? Where they just blow a dude's head off at the very beginning. You're like, all right, awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? And now they're, they've announced Killing Joe. And it's like my one knock with DC animated films is it's hard for me usually to get excited for them. Like you've already read the story. I already know everything's going to happen. Usually, no, not with Gods and Monsters and even yeah. Assault on Arkham. Those were bad examples. But like the other ones, right, where they're retelling oh, a, Superman Brainiac or Doomsday, even. But it's a cool example, right? Because you said you read the prequel. Yeah. So that was a fun experience. That was a good I, way didn't, to lead I, in. I, I didn't even know there was a prequel. I assumed there was actually. Yeah, I, think I, saw, did, I think I saw it on the DC Comics. Much app. of the digital firsts. Right. I highly recommend it. It was fun. Right, cool. right on the plane. Right on. Nick. Yes. You had a good topic, and I liked it, of course, because it was Thank about you. comic books. Do you know who sponsored it? I do not. Loot Crate. Nice. Noise. Would you classify yourself as a geek, gamer, or pop culture nerd? I would. Then Loot Crate is the subscription box for you. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure you head to LootCrate.com slash KindOfFunny and enter the code KindOfFunny to save $3 on any new subscription. Here's where it comes full circle on your topic. This month, Loot Crate is cowering in fear for the return of villains. Villains. That was good. We were like we practice this. Whether you're whether they're terrifying or tragic, something about bad guys and gals is just plain fun. Probably the snazzy outfits, army of henchmen, and totally relatable. Treat yourself to some sweet loot attitude. Nice. 
Good read. Good read. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us as we celebrate our darker side with the epic items from Marvel, an exclusive DC figure that I will take out of the box, a unique wearable that we've never put in a crate before, and more. Uh, so you have until 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific time to subscribe and receive this month's Loot Crate. When you, the cutoff happens, it's over and you can't get it again. So go to LootCrate.com slash KindOfFunny and enter the code KindOfFunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. Thank you, Loot Crate, as always. Thanks, Loot Crate. Tim. Yes. What's your topic? All right. This is a tale as old as times question I've always wanted to know the answer to. And I feel like Colin's going to have some good insight. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Now, before we get into it. The reason I bring this up is I was thinking, I was in bed last night and I was just thinking about it. I'm like, huh, I've never gotten the answer to this. Is that a slow jerk? Yeah, I was slow jerking it, thinking That's about the chicken. I speed up the slow okay. jerk for the podcast. I just want to make sure. Slow <laughs> jerk, four strokes a minute, maybe. We've, we, four no, it's, strokes it's, a minute? Yeah, to the point so where you're almost, getting, 15 so, seconds? you're almost getting soft. Yeah. We decided if that. If you're not almost getting soft, you ain't doing, doing it right. No. Damn. It's like, I like you know, that. It's like, right. it's like when you stew beef, you know what I mean? You got to just keep it there for a real long time. So I looked it up on Wikipedia. And chicken I just, or egg? I just Googled chicken or the egg. Yeah. And there was a Wikipedia link about it, right? Right. I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God. We need to talk about this okay. on the show. Okay. So, so there me, is a definitive read, answer, right? So go. Yeah. The chicken or the egg casualty dilemma. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. Is commonly stated as which came first, the chicken or the egg? To ancient philosophers, the question about the first chicken or egg also evoked the questions of how life and the universe in general began. From a modern scientific perspective, the chicken egg came first because the genetic recombination that produced the first chicken, though that may be an arbitrary definition in a breeding population undergoing speciation? Speciation. Occurred in germline cells in a non-chicken ancestor. Another literal answer is that the egg in general came first because egg-laying species predate the existence of chickens. To others, the chicken came first, seeing as chickens are merely domesticated red jungle fowls. Duh. Shit's getting fun. Everyone knew that. Cultural references for the chicken and egg intend to point out the futility of identifying the first case of a circular cause and consequence. The metaphorical view sets a metaphysical ground to the dilemma. To better understand its metaphorical meaning, the question could be reformulated as, which came first, X that can't come without Y, or Y that can't come without X? Well, how did they spell come? It's oh, a, it's a That's an important. I like how you ask questions. Ask questions. Thank you. Yeah. It's science class. Ask X going to give it to you, Nick. X okay. going to give it to you. Give it to you. Um, so yeah, and then there's a bunch of other bullshit. But I thought that was interesting that there's some people out there that are trying to claim like, oh well, the egg it doesn't mean a chicken egg, so it's a the egg came first. Fuck you. It is a philosophical question. But that's though. bullshit, though, man. They're talking about chicken eggs, and you goddamn know it. Well, my whole argument, like, so when I th- when I think about this question, there is an answer. I, th- I think the answer definitively is the egg. Right? I mean, that's, that's, but because the, the egg would hatch the chicken the first, in other words, the chicken can't be the chicken without the egg that it came out of. My original argument when I first thought about it when I was younger and I was talking about it a little bit with Kevin today was the chicken must lay the egg and therefore the chicken came first, but that doesn't make any sense because the, it, the, the whatever's laying the chicken egg is not a chicken. That, that's the whole fucking point. Right. But it, it is it's natural like, selection. It feels like the first thing to get on the egg wasn't the chicken either, though. You know what I mean? I feel like the first thing that's coming out of this egg, it's not even an egg like we're thinking of. It's like in uh, Superman 2 when he pull, when like he gets wrapped up in the cellophane S. Like that's what it's not a it's not like a hard shell normal egg. It's like a it's like a loose balloon you're po- you're pulling out of. What what? I'm just saying like I don't think I it's not like this weird ass fucking jungle file shits out this egg and out pops a regular old looking chicken. Well, that's the point I'm trying to make is that over natural so- like 
natural selection suggests that let's I'm just using an example it's a silly example a chicken the chicken was the chicken with three eyes so it wasn't a chicken yet right sure and it sure. laid the chick it laid an egg with the chicken with two eyes which is the chicken we know today and it hatched so the egg therefore came first that's the way it has to go you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In other words, the chicken couldn't have been spawned from another chicken because the chicken didn't exist yet. Therefore, the chicken couldn't have come first. You know? So I, I think I that, hear what you're saying. I'm so, with you. So, but, I, I, but, it's a, but it's not so much it, that's they get into it in the Wikipedia article is that it's really not about chickens at all. The whole argument is a cert, it's it's a, it's a, it's an argue of cycle. Yeah, that's right. like it, it's an argument of like of a something of a cyclical nature going all the way back to the Big Bang. Right, where what came before that? What was before the universe was born? Then exactly, was because the they'll say like the the Big Bang. You know, all the matter in the universe was in a, a very small and dense space, a very small and very dense space. So where did that stuff come from? Right. That's like the whole. I mean, that's the whole. And that that is even. A more, I wish we had a way to say that because that's actually more poignant because no one fucking knows. That's an that's an answer. That's a question with no answer. Right. As opposed to the chicken and egg question, which in literally non philosophical terms can be answered definitively as the egg. So I think that I think it's 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 it's, it's very interesting. It's true. Now, to Greg's point, the egg could have been a slightly different version of the egg. But no, not really. I don't think it can. It would have had to have been the egg. They, they can't. I'm telling you, it would have come out all like soft like and Like an amoeba? <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a melted jelly bean? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Know. Like, that's the other thing. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Start the in, the, in this fucking three-eyed chicken is going to look down and be like, what the fuck? And then it just pecks it to death. <laughs> 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 true story. The first chicken was born... 30 years before it actually was actually out thing, they, yeah. just, they kept killing they just it just kept guys like where's the third finally out? this know, thing pops out this thing and it's like whatever it's, what's fascinating about this stuff is, it, it's just it answers a, it asks a lot of questions that is very interesting it talks a lot about evolution natural you know natural selection which is fascinating stuff and how i've been reading lately about um about things with with different animals that are identical but have but but genetically spawned at two different points in natural selection which is so fucking interesting to me so for instance not that this is the example but like Let's say two creatures could see, right? Could, mm-hmm. But like they didn't, they didn't spawn from the same genetic code. Like in, in other words, they didn't come from the same tree um, of that particular thing in natural selection. So they just both adapted sight independently. Mm-hmm. It's like really interesting evolutionary and biological questions with all this stuff. That that's really you know that this is an evolutionary question. You know, and evolution is fascinating. It is very fascinating. It's very fascinating. Um, it. Teaches us a lot about ourselves. And Tim knows I'm gonna make a joke right now. He just started smiling. We I all think did. The, when you when you took the pause, we knew the wheels yeah. were turning. Whatever, yeah. whatever you pause, you're kicking up mud. You're about to jerk out of the puddle and then say it again. I it's think like oh, it's, it's very time for the train. Super interesting. I think the the thing that really uh, sheds more light on the state of uh, humanity right now is not the chicken or the egg uh, conundrum. Mm. It's no, the, it's a casualty dilemma. It's the I think it's causality, isn't it? You know what? <laughs> I just don't want people what? to make fun of you. We're going to go, go, go with casualty dilemma. And the, <laughs> it's causality. Yeah. The biggest, I think the bigger argument for me is... <laughs> Jesus Christ, never mind. Let's just skip through it. I was wondering how long you're going to try to power through to this uh, joke. I was going to try to do a callback to the hot dog sandwich conundrum, but you oh, know yeah, what? Yeah. We're not going to do that. Which anymore. came first, the sandwich or the hot dog? I, I, I don't know. I, I often think about how... That's a good question, and, actually. And, Which and, did and come first? And, and Kevin, Kevin majored in biology. Kevin Kevin has a lot of insight into this kind of stuff, but I, so he's thought about these things too, but I'm sure. But did you write a term paper on this? You didn't know what I'm going to say yet. I thought just the chicken and the egg is what no, I was saying. No, no, you did write a term paper on the chicken and egg. Ju- Just about our own evolutionary path, you know, and how we evolved from, from primates and how there were branches in that, like the Neanderthal and Cro-Magnon branches were very different from each other. And we might have Neanderthal blood in us, uh, through the Where two species mating with each other, but we're Cro-Magnon, 
And that's just, so there's just there's a lot of like interesting when you think of the caveman, you don't think the cavemen are not humans, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you think of like the cavemen, technically were humans. You're talking about the Stone Age, but not like if you go way back and you think about the, the you know, Neanderthals are not human beings, you know, and Cro-Magnon, that other branch that kind of that kind of spawned off of the same common ancestor. What was human? So it's it's I don't know. It's just super fascinating. And that wasn't that long ago, like, evolu- you know, evolutionarily when you th- when you read about how long these processes take millions and millions of years. It didn't take that long for us. Um, Aliens. We're, we're relatively new. Yeah. We are. Just like video games. And we're still evolving, although it, although I don't know that it's necessarily natural selection anymore. I don't think it probably is, but... Um, no, 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 that's, we're, that's we're, the we're problem. Growing, is... We're growing. Our, we're becoming taller. We're becoming, we should be becoming leaner. I mean, they always say, like, based on evolution, we should expect that if we run into a hyper-intelligent, spacefaring species for instance that they'll probably be super physically weak and they'll have huge brains mm-hmm. and huge heads big, and they won't need to do too. any of their own like big that was what was that was what was so fucking cool about independence day was independence day was all about that like yeah. the aliens were not or aliens were little pieces of shit yeah you know what i mean like they they, they use these huge like bioorganic suits yeah. yeah um i really hope that all the aliens have little dicks so Little baby dicks. They don't need yeah. dicks anymore because now they just genetically they engineer just think each other. up babies. It's like eh. what? They just think up babies. They just think up. Oh, think up pop. babies. I need a yeah. baby. So they don't even need sex. Yeah, probably not. But that's the thing. We have we've we've kind of made the idea of natural selections for humans obsolete, right? Like we're I don't know if we're still we're still evolving, but to a point where we're now evolving toward cyborgs. Yeah, we are machine singularity. Yeah. Ray Kurzweil. Everyone should read that shit. Rick the, Kurzweil. Uh, go read it. Stop the singularity right 2045 is when he thinks it's going to happen. The 2045. Really? That's when everyone's going to be talking to their wrists and shit? That's when, that's when organic hu- humans, like organic matter will fuse with technology in some way. Mm. Um, what? People keep using this term, the singularity. <laughs> now, I know it in context to... Of the game. A black hole. Bing. Yeah, the black hole singularity. Where there's a singularity. It's called the singularity with an event horizon and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you just use it in a completely different context where it was you're using it as more of a convergent point between two things. Yeah, he... Is that per- what it means? Uh, it, and it, can depending. I say that a, a sandwich converting with a hot dog becomes a singularity? Sure. Yeah, you we got that there. You could yeah. use that. We made it. Here's the difference with the, the way... You're, here's the way with the, the difference you're using the words. Of, it's like it's like we're talking about chickens, right? Chickens mm-hmm. are with are, are are nouns, but they're not proper nouns. It's a chicken lower C, you know. And singularity and event horizons are not proper nouns in regard to a black hole. There's a, a black hole has a singularity, a black hole has an event horizon. Kurzweil is using singularity in a proper noun sense that like he identifies. So it's an the, ascent. Thus, yeah, the singularity is something that's hap- going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not something that exists in the natural world. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, I think that's an okay. Way. Would you say that like that's a good that. way of, of yeah. explaining that, Kevin? Okay, because Kevin knows these things. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think this is a fascinating question. I always liked the chicken and the egg thing when it became very sexual. Which, which came first, the chicken and the egg? And you see a, the very classic cartoon smoking the cigarettes and all those kinds of things, you know. And I can't answer that question. I think I've seen that in uh, mm-hmm. the magazine Playboy. Mm-hmm. Remember when they used to do a fun little cartoons? They still do cartoons? They still do cartoons. Do they? Yeah. I haven't read a Playboy in years. I haven't either, but I know they're still there. I've never looked at the. Cartoons. I went through almost the entire catalog of Playboy magazines from I want to say seventy three or seventy four to probably eighty eight or eighty nine. Yeah. Just what, like one per who's, five who's hours? Dad had him? Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> I just knew these guys that had like a whole that I worked with at some point. At some point had just a whole collection of fucking Playboy magazines, and I used to just 
I was like, I wasn't even looking at it for sexual reasons because there's nothing hot about looking at a, a woman, woman's, you know, overgrown bush in 1978. But yeah. hey, but hey, let's hey, uh, hey, dock hey, this ho, up. Pump the brakes, Mario. I don't know okay. about this. To each his own. Yeah. To each his own. But what I enjoyed about Playboy, and I know it's so overwrought and so trite, is that I loved reading. There's like some really awesome interviews, some really good stories, some fiction, a lot of great stories. I think even Bradbury and other people like wrote for Playboy back in the day. Like there's, no, they there's no, just they like did. good stuff in there. I, if it wasn't, if it wasn't so. Um, weird to have Playboy in your house or on your table. I totally get Playboy. Like, I almost just want them to get rid of like the totally naked women because you can find that anywhere on the internet and just give me a fucking periodical that I can read. The only, no. call it the only good thing about Playboy was that Playboy was where everyone would go and pose nude, right? Because it was seen as the artistic thing. Mm-hmm. So when there was always like a, a major actress, you're like, wow, man, wouldn't it be great to see her nude? Can't so wait to see eventually China do. Naked. Hey, it was that always was, the wrestlers. Was Those were the events. Yeah. yeah. Well, then she just went out and did a sex tape and you're like, oh, China. Oh, China. Yeah, that was Sable and Tori. I remember that. Oh, Tori, I download, yeah, yeah. I downloaded those images off Kazaa like 10 times. I kept deleting them because I didn't want people to see them. No one will ever know. Yeah. yeah. I'll Google that later. Kevin, Google that right now. Little perverts. Yeah. Was it Sable and Tori? It was Sable and Tori. In the same thing? Mm-hmm. No. Really? Yeah. Tori came around so much later when was, WCW buyout happened. Sable and Tori, I'm Googling. Go- Kevin's Googling it for me. There's one. Supposed hey, to be Google. Like She's like this. Okay, Google. Google porn. And it's good. <laughs> Google. Search porn for me. Def- define it as a singularity. Greg, I can't. You know, you're just you're you're so single minded when it comes to the the grooming habits of young ladies. You just need to broaden your horizons. A little I'm bit a little. Upset I'm just with Colin. This. Is all I'm saying. No, I'm just saying. No. Like you look, you're you're camping out in the wild. You, you some you can put camping your head out in the wild. You put your head on a smooth stone, or you can you can put it on a nice fluffy bush. You can do whatever you want. So there's two two different types of comfort level for people. I mean, I'm You're not I'm not disparaging the you could, bush. You could, you could put your head in a stream. Do whatever. What you does want. that even mean? mean? I don't know. Wash your hair out. Well, I'm you not disparaging. I'm not disparaging the bush per Damn, se. Sable and sure. I'm not disparaging the bush per se. It was just um, covers. It was just. I covers. just feel like I feel like there's a point in time where you get a little bush. You have a little. You do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sculpt as you will. Sure. Yes. Sure. Sure. I feel like there was a time when. There was nothing but craziness that were, that going was, on down there, yeah. and I I always pictured in my mind's eye mm-hmm. a sexual situation in say 1979, where a man and a woman are having sex, 79. and all you hear is just rustling. Yeah, yeah, like clothes you know? together. Instead of hearing, you're yeah. hearing like a lot of hair noises. It sounds like two trees fighting. Exact. That's exactly right. Two yeah. merkins coming together. Yeah. And I just don't feel like that's a sexual, you know, you, you got some of the, the noises that suggest, for instance, a level of moistness. Yeah. You have some noises that suggest skin touching contact, skin. Yeah. Exact contact. Yeah. That's a gray element. Like way to put singularity. It. A singularity. Yeah. But then yeah. you feel, then there's like, you know, like, when you, like, what you, like the noise you hear when you rub your own beard. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. You like that or don't like no, that? No, oh, th- okay. that rustling is just not going to yeah. do it for me. So at some point. Because that's how it's happening. I'm not trying to single out women because men were had a, something kind of crazy going on. Well, men was well, even here's, worse. Here's why it was bad for men. Was because were you going to go here? No, keep going. Was because you know if I were covered in hair from head to toe, I'd look even shorter, and that would be bad. I don't want to look shorter. I want to look more stout, more pint glass. If you're covered in hair. Like think about if just if I was just covered <laughs> in a mound of hair shorter. and all you could see was my head, <laughs> would I look tall? <laughs> I mean, you look like a psycho. I don't understand what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> Penises used to look like psychos in 1979. Uh, I will say this. Now I see what I you're will, driving I will at. S- yeah. I will say this. 
when I was in high school and I for the first time I decided I'm gonna trim down there and like mm-hmm. kind of clean myself up. That was, I was, oh, that I was like I was like holy shit. Yeah. You know like look at how like, much, look how much the bigger it is. Okay, yeah. now but here's the thing. We're gonna get there's a show <laughs> love and sex stuff on on YouTube.com/slash kind of funny and this is a Mondays, question. Nine a.m. We are time. we're gonna get to to grooming in, in the next round of things. I, I read someone sent a question about it, but Good. I will say this is a, a key piece of advice I need to give to all the young men out there. You need to trim. You need to keep things looking nice because you do get, a, you know, a couple extra inches. And you, everyone needs a couple extra inches. You do. Inches. It's Jesus all visual. Christ, See, I know it's all visual. I got like half an inch, bro. No, but <laughs> you do not shave it. You do not go bald. Bald. Oh, oh no. really? Oh, no. No, you oh, don't. why do, not? Because there's the, the, the week of discomfort. Now, you might not feel it. Oh, no. I, but when you're with this stems... pretty little lady and all of a sudden you're oh, prickling her. Oh, in places I see. she doesn't want to be prickled. I, I, see, I see what you're saying because uh, because I I personally do take a blade and just fucking no, get rid of all of it. No, no, but no. I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you the solution to the problem because like when you were saying discomfort, exactly, it's like a slip you're and like slide a down there. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, there's no point of contact down there because you just slide right off. Jesus there's no Christ. noise. That's actually dangerous. <laughs> they should they should register you that, as a lethal weapon. That is the event horizon. Yes. Uh, now. I shouldn't. Na- I shouldn't name my crops now. the Event Horizon. <laughs> That's a fucking brilliant idea. I'm, naming, I'm calling horizon. my dick the Event Horizon for now yeah. <laughs> because you can't escape it. No, it's inescapable. <laughs> not, even light, not even the light can just, escape. There's time dilation in there too. Not there's even the light can escape. Yeah, time goes way slower down there. Yeah, for better or for worse. But what I realized was I was having discomfort <laughs> down there when I was shaving too, and I realized you just have to shave with the grain. Oh yeah, 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 and that was something that I had to learn. But I do that specifically because it gives me more. Because there is a, a, a time in between when it grows in almost immediately, and then you just kind of have it for a little while, but it doesn't get out of control mm-hmm. yet. I do that. It's the same fundamental principle behind why I used to shave my head as short as possible, so I don't have to shave it again for as long as possible. That's the only reason I take a blade down there, and I'm like, this gives me an extra two weeks. I get that, and that, plus you have to sh- you have to shave the balls. You got yeah, yeah okay. that you got to do. You got to be really careful there. Yeah, I've, but you I've do only that. I've only fucked it up twice. I mean, you remember those though? I, yeah, well, and they were. But I, I say that because one was with this thing that was built to like give you a little bit of leverage on your blade, so you don't take all of the hair off, and it cut the shit out of me. Yeah, I thought it, my it fucking catches, ball was gonna fall out of my fucking. Cut, you can't do it with a trimmer. You have to do it with a razor blade. Ex- no, it's exactly right. And then yeah. I did it with an electric trimmer just to get it down, and I cut the shit out of oh, myself there God, too. No, you're yeah. gonna no. Uh, I don't know. But the, I've the never teeth go back and forth. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. But with a with a like a Mach three or something, I've never once cut myself. I've I've. Cut a little, not not cut myself, but there's, but you get you get a much closer shave, and so you have there's other issues that you can get down there, like ingrowns, things like yeah, that. Yeah, so that's be really all bad, that. man. But my thing is, I can't I can't take all off the top because it it would be like, what's a good analogy for this? It would be like when you accidentally cut the lawn too deep in a spot because it's all then, covered with yeah. hair. So it would literally be hair, 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 hair. And then yeah. what the shit happened down there? And then hair, <laughs> hair, 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 you, know? you know what I mean? Yeah, no. You can't do true. that. It has to be a natural flow. Like flow of chest hair goes a little bit lighter down to there. And then hello, what's up? Yeah. Welcome to Coit Tower. You know what I mean? Uh, and why, then you yeah, why do you San Francisco, San Francisco landmark, and then you know, and then back down to the next dips the... to San Francisco landmark. It is now. Yeah. I mean, it, it does look. Now. My shit looks a little crazy sometimes because I don't want to fuck with my happy trail at all. Mm-hmm. I just trim it. Yeah. So then it's just like a but nice then it just, little trail then it just, and, and then just nothing. Yeah, I mean, it but happens. then it eventually grows in. That, it grows that's in. The thing. That's the thing. It grows I remember in. when I was younger, like I didn't follow the rules that I do now, where you never go all the way. But I would just go crazy. I would just. I was trying all different types of shit. I narrowed it once. Bad idea. You're not, it says literally on the bottle. Don't no, do that. there was an air for your for that area. Really? It said, don't, don't put do it on your balls. It said don't do uh, parent 
the perianal perimeter or some shit like that. Oh, your butthole. Like, the fuck is that? I, I, saw, that, I knew anal was in there. Shit. And I yeah, Googled it. And that was one of the worst things I ever Googled. Don't Google that, guys. Okay, Google. Don't. Google perianus anus. What is and, it? Um, whatever. The perineum. Hey, Google. Google Tori Amos. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Do you ever think that by now, if you did take a different career, you could have been a doctor and not listening to us talk about perianuses? Yeah, not mistakes, just choices. Life choices. When are you going to get an iPhone? Mistakes. Yeah, get an iPhone. Never. Don't get an iPhone. If we bought you an iPhone, would would that be acceptable to you? I would only use it for threads. You're fucking the whole thread up. I Take me off. Weren't this, we wasn't, I, wasn't iMessage supposed to be on Google, on Android at some point? It is. In a, it's in a weird way. Sure, Android way. fucked it up, yeah. No. No. Sure, Android fucked it up. So I would shave everything. I'd shave way too much. Yeah. And then I had the problem you had where it's like, well, then it just looks fucking weird. Yeah. So then I'd you start going hairy beast. I'd start going down the legs. Oh, and I'm just like, so nah, then it was the, the weird thing. I'm just like, that's the a biggest dangerous mistake, game, dude. Biggest dangerous mistake game. I ever made was start at the wiener and I went down to the knees, essentially. And I'm a, a white male. Real fucked up a farmer's like, hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like your knees are kind of like a good starting point. So it's like that didn't look weird. Mm. But then when it started growing back in and it itched like a motherfucker. Uh, yeah. And then the ingrown hairs and then all the stuff. You're a changed man. I've never been the same since. Yeah, no. I mean, the, the problem is, too, is once you start waxing or nairing or doing any of that stuff, like shaving your arms and things like that, the hair, after a certain point, doesn't grow back in the same. Um, and so I've had friends that have done that where they've like they've done the exact same thing, but they kept going where they're like, well, I guess. And then they just wind up bald from the neck down. They don't have eyebrows. Just, they're like, yeah, there's just nothing. Happened? And you're like, what there's the always hell the happened? guys, though. And this is something that I've never shaved my arms. Just like it's not my thing. I've never even like my arms are fine. I'm, I'm not worried about them. But then there's guys that like have completely just shaved arms. You can see it start growing back. And you're like, I'm like, no, I didn't shave my arms, bro. I'm like, I didn't say that. Why, why, why are you so sensitive? Damn, why are you jumping to that conclusion, Alfredo Diaz? The only time I ever shaved my, I shaved my, hairless. I shaved my arms. They shaved my arms when I got tattoos. That was the only time, and it grew in okay. But I think it was only because it was. You just the, did it one time, huh? You just did it the one yeah, time. Yeah, they just yeah. shaved my arms. You um, also don't have a lot of hair. You, just, no. you, for, you know, no, for a man that shares my Italian bloodline, you got the you got the better genes. You did. It's well, I, got I, got, the weird I, hair I told you that the you know the the Italian genes are where the event horizon happens, where light can't even escape. Yeah. Everything else is Irish. Uh, Except for my skin tone. I have Italian skin. You do. Olive, uh, you have the olive, olive skin. skins. I definitely have olive skin. Um, yeah, I'm not too hairy. I'm not too hairy. Uh, you know, down in that perimeter around the vent horizon where time is slower, uh, there's there's a, a, an abundance of hair. Yeah. Brundle hair, leg hair. But I'm pretty, you know, I've noticed that hair has been popping in. I'm getting gray hair in my fucking hair now. That's distinguished, though. Everything gray, gray hair when you still have up, your hairline man. is great. Don't worry about that. I was telling Cheryl the other day, I'm like, I'm getting gray hair. I'm getting gray hair here and here. And it's like noticeable. You can see it when you like really look at it. And she's like, no, you're not. And then she started. She's like, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> and then I walked away. And I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm like, it's your fault. No, that's you're, <laughs> you're in your 30s. Uh, Greg's got a little distinguished a pepper. Uh, uh, Damon, last time I saw him, has that real like Clooney look going yeah, right now, which Cl I Damon's think is really, really cool. Really uh, Danny O'Dwyer has the Clooney look, which I think is cool. And again, it boils down to this. You can do anything you want. You can have any type of hair, like color you want, as long as you have a cool hairline. It's when you start losing it, and then you get gray hair, and then you just look like you look like you you, you should be in an old folks' home somewhere. It's unfortunate. That's where I'll be in about two years. Probably. No, no we're going to put you in. The Sean Finnegan's getting getting all salt. But again, pepper. he's got a Sean, gray hairline. Salt and pepper Finnegan. Amazing hairline. He's now. got he's got a thicket. Shark of hair. salt and pepper Finnegan. Yeah. Um, shark shark salt and pepper <laughs> Finnegan. All right, chicken all right. or the egg. <laughs> My topic. Yes. Yeah. Mine is high school. Oh, yeah. And I, but it's, we've talked a bit about high school. Here, so Just here, a little bit. Here's where, have we? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's my thing. I didn't like high school all that much. You're I like my. I didn't like school part of it. Right. Like the teachers and all that well, shit. Like that kind of crap. Naturally. I had fun with my friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't look back on it with like, hmm. I really like high school. And like I'm always, you know, like when a. The high school wants money. I never give it to him. When Mizzou wants money, I'm like, here's some money. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love Mizzou. Didn't like my high school or whatever. Yeah. I didn't like any school that much. Here's my... Well, <laughs> one day you will. I don't know. All right. Well, just give me your money and I'll give it to Mizzou. Okay. We can get you a Tim Gettys brick at Tiger Walk or something. You want? Anyways. Yes. Um, what, I watched this movie, The Duff, over the weekend. Mm. Oh, my God. What did you think? It was great. I thought it was really oh, it funny. it was really, really good. Yeah, no. I, I like totally the part where he's like, say it in the monster voice. She's like, no. He's like, all right. He's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> really funny movie. Really good movie. Now, here's, my, here's where this comes down to, is that I feel like there's a ton of movies that are set in high school that always make me go, oh, man, I'm nostalgic for, wait, I don't like high school. I, I find American it- Pie. Yeah, American Pie, Duff recently, that Almanac movie. Like, it's all these things of, like, you're hanging out with your friends and you're doing, like, I hang out with you idiots every day and it's great, but it's not like that. And yeah. it's and I don't know if it ever, like, even when we sit there and I'll tell you my Smash Brothers, when we had the Smash Brothers championship and we all played at a Michael Bryan's house and we lived there every weekend or whatever. Like, those were great stories, but they don't feel like these movies, but these movies are able to bring up this feeling of nostalgia. And I want to know if I'm alone on that, if everyone is a uh, uh, not not suspect. If everyone's it feels this nostalgia yeah. for high schooly movies, if they take you back like that, how it pr- ties into your high school thing, or if I'm just for some reason, maybe, I don't even know if it's me seeing these experiences and wishing mine was more like that. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like I had a great high, I had a great core of high school friends. Don't get me wrong, I just really hated high school. Like I got to the end of like you know sophomore year and the middle of sophomore year I was like you know what I'm not taking a backpack home anymore I fucking hate this place right. <laughs> and I just did my homework in the morning I'm like whatever I don't fucking care I think uh, a good experience I can, that kind of relates to what you're talking about is when I was in I was graduating high school in 1998 and I realize a lot of you don't remember that time Batman. because you were, both, you were all zygotes um, but in 1998 a movie called Can't Hardly Wait came oh, out oh yes and that movie was about graduating high school and going to the year-end party and like yeah. uh, you know tying up loose ends, as it were. Right, everyone everyone had their thing that they you know needed to accomplish before they moved on to their to their young adulthood. Um, and I remember sitting watching that movie, going, "Oh man, this is awesome! This is a this is basically just like watching all the stereotypes or all the people that I knew in college that I knew or high school, high school. that I knew was sort of stereotyped in in some way, shape, or form, all on screen at the same time." And I got to the end of the movie, I was like, "Wow, that was great! That really encapsulated sort of my entire high school experience." Wait a minute, no, it didn't. <laughs> right? Like I had moments of it. Yeah. Where I was the Ethan Embry character, right? Where sure. I was the guy that had a we crush on a girl way, right? for like three years and would write her letters, and my friends would be like, "Well, dude." Like you no, have no shot at this. You're stuff. not like I had. I always tell a story. Of I had one good friend, Stu. He's like he's still my good friend to this day. What up, Stu? Y- you've met Stu. I met Stu. Um, and Stu, I was in love with this girl in high school, all throughout high school. And Stu would literally like he would slap me. He would actually physically assault me. I'd be like because <laughs> I would start talking about her, and he got so fed up, he would be like, "Dude, no, it's not gonna happen. Like if it was gonna happen, it would have happened by now." Um, and so that was my experience, which was I didn't get the girl. Yeah. Right? I never got the girl. I got I feel other like girls. That's most. But I got other girls because I wanted that girl so badly that the other girls were like, "This dude is so unavailable right now. That's sexy. I'm gonna go after him." And by sexy, I mean I don't know if they thought I was sexy. I was like a little puddly kid in high school. Um, so, so yeah, I see that in that the the overarching themes of coming of age, which is yeah. what all high school movies are about in in some way, shape, or form. I think are universal. And that's what we relate to is the nostalgia of remembering when we were discovering the world for the first time, when yeah. we were becoming men, when we were figuring out what we wanted to do with our lives. But no, I never put my dick in a pie. Uh, I never got the, the, the hot girl. I got other girls 
that I liked. But I, I got them because I liked them because they were real human beings that liked me. Sure, sure, sure. But the girls that I idolized and put up on pedestals, the ones that were the the, the Jennifer Love Hewitts um, or the – I forget who the hot girl was in uh, – I guess it was a foreign exchange student in American Pie. Was yeah, Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon Elizabeth. I didn't get that girl. I didn't get close to getting that girl. I saw, I saw other guys get that girl. Yeah. Tara Reid. I just watched Alone in the Dark the other night, by the way. She was in that. I watched Alone in the Dark for approximately 35 seconds, and I was like, nope. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I also, though, you know, the movies that I feel really nostalgic about are the ones that were at high school in the 80s. Yeah, when, of course. John Hughes. Yeah, the John Hughes films like, uh, you know, Breakfast Club, uh, uh, 16 Candles, things like that. And that's the thing that. is, like, I don't – what's weird for me is that I feel like – I understand why so many movies happen in high school because hi- I remember in high school you went to the movies on the weekend. It's where you could all go and congregate mm-hmm. and not have it be weird that you're all like there's 30 people at somebody's house or whatever when their parents are trying to get something done. But you go to the movies and you're there, so you make a high school drama to get the high school or whatever high school movie to get kids to come see it to sure. spend their money and da da da. What's weird is that I still connect with these movies now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I can't put my finger on, based on the fact that I didn't like high school, but I did. You know, I mean, like it's a weird thing. Like I said it and you're like, I'm crazy. It's like, I just have a bad taste in my mouth about the school part of it. Not hanging out with my friends, not doing plays, yeah. not doing the But, I mean, newspaper. no one likes school. Like, that's specifically, like, high school, middle school, elementary school. Like, the school part of it. I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. anybody has ever in the history have ever been like, man, I fucking love homework. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just not a thing. But it's like, yeah, those memories and stuff. When you when I think high school, I don't think about what teachers I had or whatever. Yeah, I, think I think about, about my friends. My friends and, like, what I did and, like... You know, in between classes, and like literally everything except the work, right? You right, know? right, right, right. You just think about the good things or the bad things, and like the the hot girls and mm-hmm. the you know heartbreak. And I was thinking the duff, shit. like there's that one scene where she's in chemistry and she's like mixing shit in beakers or whatever, mm-hmm. and that made me think of whatever that high school class was where we were in lab and chemistry. had to do stupid ass shit like that. Right. Well, here's my yeah. thing, man. Freaking dissecting frogs. Mm-hmm. I was promised this shit. Oh, you didn't oh, do I it. I had to do it. No, oh, I did it. They wouldn't let us. It's like and you went to hippy dippy San Francisco school. Man, all this has to us. They gave us a rock and they said, "Go out and get the frog." <laughs> Greg, Greg's got a picture of himself with the frog. <laughs> Don't spoil it. We've already said that that picture exists, haven't we? So oh. here's the, here's why I think high school, Matt. Like, so I we did a conversation with Colin about this, and I talked about high school is largely meaningless. I hate I hate when people I hate when people. In, in, in terms of like this like marquee time, I sure. always think about Uncle Rico and and. Uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. Ah, okay. uh, like, when I see these things, like these high school reunion things, I'm like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Not a prayer, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think back on those times, like you guys were saying, uh, in terms of my friends and those experiences that we had together, um, and I still have some really good friends. Not not ma- I don't talk to many people from school anymore, but I went to high school with my girlfriend, and we're and we're 30 years old now. Uh, but I, you, you weren't know, like date, I, you weren't like high school. Students. No, 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 no. Just no. to clarify for the exactly. Viewer. Um, but I, we went to, we went, we come from the very same place, which is why I think, you know, we kind of understand each other on a weird level. And like, I'm going to my, my best childhood friends, Mike Pope's wedding, uh, as one of his groomsmen, um, just next month. And we grew up across the street from each other. So there's all these, there's all of these seminal memories that I think we tie up into the event. Like when we think, let me put it in another, in another way. When we think about IGN, our time there, we spent between five and nine years at IGN as editors and whatever else we were doing there. We don't think when we think back on it, we don't think about the work necessarily. We don't think about the day to day grind. We think about our friends and the experiences we had there. And I think it's a it's a very similar kind of thing with high school. I think high school resonates a lot because it is the moment in time, coincidentally, when you're the thumb of your parents is getting lifted off of you for the first time, and you're starting to find yourself for the first time and really discover things and do stupid shit. And you know, you discover 
girls or boys or whatever it is and you you might you know smoke weed for the first time or you might have a drink for the first time it's like these are seminal moments in your life that like you know you just remember and i think it just happens to coincide with school and therefore you kind of tie in the memory of high school with the memory of of you know of of the time itself i think college is the seminal time i i don't i don't ever want to go back to high school i wish i was back in college all the fucking time so we've talked about this a million times i just didn't have that experience like to me it was high school for sure college was just worthless to me like totally 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 worthless there's not a single real memory i have from it that i'm that's heartbreaking that's heartbreaking for me because i just obviously idolized college so much and you know loved college so much I'm the same way. I mean, I would. Y'all got your bullshit film degrees. That's wrong. Well, no. Um, yeah, but <laughs> that that to me was the best part of college. Right? Was when I discovered that like I wanted to pursue film sure. in some way, shape, or form as a career. Um, and I met a bunch of amazing people in that department. That I wouldn't necessarily trade. I liked that experience, but everything else. I mean, I wish I could have gotten that in one year and then gone out and worked because everything else that I sort of experienced at Irvine just wasn't I mean it's just it was it was blah. It was like yeah. okay. Went to college. That was great. Really wouldn't want to do that again. Didn't feel any need or tie to want to go to grad school. I was like, I'm pretty much done with this. I don't think it gave me a specific leg up in the world. Um specifically being from, you know, wanting to go into film production. I think I probably would have done better if I'd have spent the last three years of my college driving back and forth to LA and just holding up a sign that said hire me. I mean that's kind um, of that's damn. where I'm at too, where it's like to me college wasn't about college at all. It was just about making YouTube videos and getting noticed by places like IGN. Sure. You know? and sure. It's like, Which you could have done without college. Totally. I mean that's the thing is like I you guess probably could have done better without I, college actually. I, we've talked about this a bazillion different times, but like I, I feel like I had all those questions answered in high school. So I kind of was already on that path. Yeah. And if anything, college was just holding me back. Like all the GE classes and like having to do all this stuff that didn't matter. Pretty much college is very important in proving that you can get things done and you sure. can be responsible. And it's proving to employers and all these people that you are not useless and that you can get shit done timely and all that stuff. Yeah, but but I, that's what I had high school for. I fucking fit, I did that. I got yeah. good grades. I, yeah. I didn't miss days where there were tests. I fucking turned in my homework. I did all that shit. So now it's like, all right, what do I want to do? Let's fucking do it. I want to make sure. dumb YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean, that's, Here I that, am, we, we talked about this a Fuck lot. Fuck you, Miss Fukumoto. Fuck um, you, Miss Fukumoto. Damn, Miss Fukumoto. Don't know. Miss Fukumoto. I like Miss Fukumoto. I really do like Miss Fukumoto. Person. Fuck you, Godanyo, though. Fuck I really you, Godanyo. Girl and guy, we don't know. It. It's just Godanyo. We just call him an alien being. He's a fucking form. He's a disembodied form. Yeah, for me, though, you know, high school, going back to the original question, high school was very important for me because it was the first time you were around that age, like, range of people, right? So when you were in, like... Oh, like movies representing who you were? Well, no, it was when you were you were, you were were 14 when there were 18-year-olds around you, right? Oh. And so, like, you know, when you're in grade school, you're, you know, you don't really see the, the age difference too much between, like, a fourth grader and a sixth grader. There is. You have, Dude, you I don't know, man. I was going to say, well, I, I guess I was about in this, kindergarten. About I remember different... the fifth graders. They might as well have been 18. Sure. But they weren't buying cigarettes. They weren't drinking. They, they weren't were. experiencing with drugs. They weren't doing all these things. Whereas the reason why I think a lot of people hold uh, high school in that high regard is because for some, or for many actually, it is when you broaden quickly. You go from being a 13-year-old kid to suddenly 14 man. where you're a freshman in high school and there are 18-year-olds who are voting – Driving, smoking cigarettes, partying with co- like with their older brothers in college, uh, experimenting with alcohol, hard drug, modding their cars out was a thing that when I was a kid, but I'm, I'm sure is a thing now, yeah. where people would be like, there was always the kid who you're like, what the fuck did he do to get that dope Honda Civic that's all lowered with rims, and then you realize later on in life that he just sold drugs. Um, I like that makes sense. 
because you can make a lot of money selling weed apparently, but it's still illegal in most states. Um, but yeah, that was that was when you were like, holy crap, there's so many things that I'm figuring out. Whereas like, I got to college, and I also, I also had an older brother. So I got to college, and everyone was like, oh, let's go get drunk, and let's do all this stuff. And I'm like, meh. I've been doing that since I was 13. Like, because my brother's always been five years older than me. So when I was 13, he was 18. And so he was entering college when I was entering high school. So I would party with all of his friends. So by the time I got to college, I was like, man, I don't really... I'm not. The idea of getting really messed up and having a house party and, and going crazy, the, the allure had sort of worn off a little mm. bit for me uh, because I experienced a lot of that, I, a high impact of that right when I got out of high school. Gotcha. Plus, I went to the same high school as my brother. So all the teachers that loved my brother Another were like, Scarpino what's up, boy. Scarpino? Like, I went to theater, and my, my um, theater teacher, Ms. Grotness, was awesome, and she... Uh, she just was like, God, I got another Scarpino. This is going to be, again, it's like a Kevin level situation. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. 70-40. Yeah. 80, I, I, 74. I think I look back at <laughs> high school and I'm like, I remember those days, but it was more, it's just more of a, a pure, because I'm very nostalgic. It's just more of a pure nostalgic thing. When I think about college, I'm like, these are, f- are formidable fucking years for me. You know, yeah. define like, who you are. Yeah, like, well, you went to an amazing university, though. You went to uh, Northeastern, right? Yeah, but but I, 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 it is an amazing school, but I, I don't necessarily know that that's necessarily relevant to the experience, right? Like, I got a great education, and I remember those classes, and I had great professors. Very famous historians were, were my, you know, some of my professors, but it was. It was the experience, you know. That's why I met Ramon. That's where I met, you know, Chris, God- my, my friend Chris Godfrey, and all these different people that I really fucking love. Doug, all these guys, Aaron, like these people that I really, really love in my life, and and take with me. But also, we all grew up together, and I think that was the different thing. Like when you're in high school, mm. you still go home at the end of the day, and you go and you eat fucking dinner with your parents, or you do whatever you sleep in your own bed. When you get to college, it's fucking game on. Mm-hmm. Like you do, like it is all on you. No one's gonna tell you what to do. I always loved. You know, it was a thing with, especially in history, because we just, we we read a lot, and then there were very few things to do. Like, it was like, I, I told you guys I had one class where we had, like, just a midterm and a final, and that was it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, here's your reading list. Come to class if you want. I'm not, you're going to have six questions total to answer from these eight books. Mm. I fucking fuck you. off that shit. Yeah, yeah I, like, I, like, <laughs> like I, I remember, I remember in that class, that specific class, which was one of my colonial history classes, I was fucking petrified because it's literally like there's literally six things you have to answer the entire class. And you have no idea. It's not like, you know, read chapter one and two and then we're going to take a quiz. It's like, here's eight books. Questions can come from any. Two of these books will probably not even be touched. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you which ones to read and which ones not. And then I remember taking the final in that class and being like, and I remember we had like five choices and Mm. we had to answer three of them. And I remember going to the first two and I'm like, fuck. I, I, I remember the first question. I was like. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. It was something about, you know, like the Mayflower Compact or something. And then I was like, the second one was, I don't know, something a little newer and so a little more, you know, about, about Massachusetts Bay Colony. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And then by the grace of God, the last three questions I could answer. <laughs> and, then, and then we had blue books and each question oh, yeah. was a blue book. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't a blue book where you filled it out. And that was it was like one question, one blue book. Fill the whole fucking thing out. The next question, the next blue book. Fill the whole thing out. And I, and so I remember those experiences much more fondly than my AP American class or whatever. When I don't even fucking really remember what was happening in that class. I was just there because I wanted to get college credit. So I just – and then you get out of class and you just do whatever you want. Am I going to eat dinner? Am I going to go, you know, drinking at the bar? Am I going to go, you know, meet up sleep? with this girl? Am I going to sleep? Am I going to go to work? Am, and it's like you can do whatever the fuck you want. And I And what was so funny about it was watching people just fall off yeah. along the way. Yeah. Like that you never heard from again. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. people I knew when I was freshman that I was really close with never heard from again after after freshman year. Sophomore, same thing. And then that's sl- very true about college. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. These people just, especially in that Facebook came out when I was in college, but in that pre Facebook era, two thousand two, two thousand three, disappear like that. You never see them again. Yep. You know what I mean? And so Are you still just, friends with those people. Not some of the, some of them Facebook? have found me. Well, yeah. I'm, well, that's funny thing is I've been going through Facebook to like my older friends, like people that I really don't talk to anymore, and I go. And I, and I just like, like when did we become friends or whatever? And mm-hmm. it's like man, we became friends ten years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, and I'm like, geez, so it's so weird, man. It is, but with college, I, so I, I look at college as like very formidable. It's not because I necessarily went to Northeastern or anything like that. I think it's really because it's 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 just so important. It's such an important. It was an important time in my life. It was a, it was a defining po- portion of my life that really made me who I was and taught me a great many lesson. Whether I had to learn them easily or, or more, more, most difficult, my worst heartbreak, my 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 worst, the worst time of my life was in college, when my girlfriend senior year broke up with me. That we were together like throughout college. That was fucking awful. Yeah, you know that was like my the lowest point in my entire life. I was despondent. You know what I mean? Like for like a long time. You know, and I, and I look back at that time and I'm like, learn from it. You know, just like you learn from the classroom, learn yeah. from these different experiences so you don't go down those roads again. I, I don't necessarily look at my high school experiences and been like, learn from them. Like, you were a fucking idiot in high school. You know you were an idiot in high school. And that's what you can learn from it. Don't but do you, lo- do you feel love for these <laughs> movies then? Since you're in the same boat as me, where college mattered, high school I, I, movies I feel speak lo- to you still? Yeah, they do in the sense that I just wish that my high school experience was like that, but it yeah. wasn't. I didn't have a bad high school experience. I didn't have a good high school experience. It was just my high school experience. Right, I, find, right, right, I kind of right, feel right. like that was just... The way See, it was for most of us. That's how I feel about college, though. I mean, I look, I look at high school, and the one thing I managed to accomplish was I got into college. Right? I was like, if anything else, if nothing else, I look, I'm like, I did a few plays. I got over my fear of being on stage. Uh, I studied music. I did quite a few things, and I, and, I, and I knew everyone. Like, that was the other thing about high school is I knew – you know me. I talked to everyone. I knew everyone. I would, I would be nodding constantly to people. Everyone knew me. Nobody thought I was the king shit of anything, but everyone was like, that's Nick. Whatever. And that was a good feeling. I get to college, and I think it was largely because I was very lazy in college. Because really, every situation is what you make of it, right? Um, I got to college, and I look I look at that four years that I spent there, and I'm like, all I accomplished was student debt. Like, all I really yeah, got true. myself into was I learned the the formatting and sort of the art behind screenwriting, which I will always take with me. Uh, and I study those those textbooks to this day. Like, there are still books that I have where I, I'll go back and continue to reference them. It's one of the only things I do. Uh, that and along with uh, – we took a, like a 101 class where they gave you a couple books on directing. And this is obviously because this is more of a film theory program, not a film stuff. I'm sure people that go to USC are like fucking loved it. Like, this is amazing because I got to study under Robert Zemeckis or like maybe Steven Spielberg was guest lecturing one day. And you're like, Jesus, that's amazing. But for me – I just don't feel like I, – I feel like I was too lazy. I had the, the wrong priorities, and I just didn't, like, accomplish anything in that four years other than gaining weight and accruing a, a, That's not trouble. a ton of debt, but enough debt to where I was like I still have to work. I always have to work. And, like, I feel like if I had to do it over, I could go back and tell myself something. I'd be like, go to a college where you're either going to spend two years learning an intense amount of production and then go out and work in the field or stop being such a freaking loaf and go intern. Get to what's – like – that, that's the thing that kills me about about when I look at college, and this is where I get a lot of anxieties. I was like, I've, I've always been risk averse, where with the exception of this, which is this is the biggest risk I've ever taken, and it paid off. Which now you go back and look at all those well, other instances where you could get ahead of ourselves. Well, no, I mean we've had a we've had a good seven month run. I can consider this a success, okay, a success good, 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 good. to this to this point. You know, we'll, we'll, odds are we'll finish out the year solvent. I think um, <laughs> this is like not even real wood, um, but. You know, I want to go back and tell myself, you know, why you're you're not taking risks 
because you're scared of failure. And that's really what it comes down to. More, more so, you're scared of not even failure. You're scared of just the general meh, right? Where you do something, you put your, all your effort into it, and it doesn't fail, but it doesn't do anything really. It just kind of like – it's like the equivalent to when we were at IGN. We'd probably really, really hard for a video that would, we'd want to get like 100,000 views, and it would do like 50. And we're like, that's good, but it's not – a million it's not mind-boggling right and so i had that that fear paralysis when i was in college sure, where i was like sure. i just don't want to try because if i try that means i'll either that means i might fail or i might not succeed in, in some iteration whereas i wish i could go back to myself and be like just move to la just get to la and start networking there and start meeting people and start offering your services to people um so and okay. so you guys all ended up but you okay. guys ended up going to college and, and actually going into the, the relevant fields like right. right off the bat which is yeah. awesome well i didn't my, my field wasn't relevant even when i was studying it uh, but you've but, made a career here on the yeah, internet talking about history. I have, but I, I, fo- <laughs> I followed what I loved, and that was what I love, and, that, and, and that's what I did. It makes me sad sometimes when I hear people be like, college was a waste of time. Because in a way, like my, I look at it as like, did I have to go to Northeastern? Uh, probably not, uh, because it, it, it was crushing debt. But my mom went there, and we have a legacy there, and now we have a real legacy there. Like my kids will get in the fucking Northeastern, like no problem, which is awesome, because um, that school is great. But could I have gotten that education on the island or somewhere at a SUNY school, where you know, State University of New York system, where it would have been cheaper and probably, you know, yeah, uh, of course. But the one thing my mom always told me when I would express this to her as a, as a Northeastern grad and, and someone that works in academia is like, yeah, but you, you have this piece of paper that no one can ever take away from you. You graduated from Northeastern, you know, and no one can ever take it away. No matter, like, what happens to you or, like, where you go in life, like, you did accomplish this one thing and you should be proud of it, you know. And that's, and that's the one thing that I try, to, I try to take with me is, like, yeah, I didn't always make the right choices uh, in school. I didn't always study as hard as I could have. I certainly spent an arm and a leg and that was with my tuition being paid, which is amazing, you know, because yeah. Northeastern's like $45,000 a year just for tuition. And, 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 That's so much. That's so much money. and it's like, it is so much money. And, and I, that was, that was paid for. I, I paid my, my, my room and board, which was still like close to 80 grand for my time there. But, you know, I did it and it's gone and I can't really regret it. And I don't regret it because it, 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 I found who I was there. I really right. did. And and I'm not so sure that I'd be the same Colin if I went to Stony Brook or if I went to BU or if I went to, you know, so, one of these other places or UCLA or any of these other schools. I re- I always really wanted to go to Yale, you know, and I mm-hmm. and I never even applied because I was like, well, you know, I want to go to Boston. And yep. and that was – and that's where I belonged. And, and I remember those times so fondly. So it always hurts me. That hurts me, but I was like, ah, it's too bad because I wish everyone looked back at that experience the way I looked back right, on it because it was right. a very, it was a very positive time in my life, even though I had some trials and tribulations and like I said, some really fucking significant low points. Mm. Because who would I be without Ramon? You know what I mean? Who would I be without my friend Doug? Who would I be without all these people that really helped shape me that I lived with that I have these great memories with? But very similar to the way we were talking about high school, I don't remember being. I remember some things in class and stuff like that, and some debates we had, and I was very loud and very Republican. But like, <laughs> but it was more of like the Could've parties. Left. It was more of like my roommates. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember. All, I have so many, you know, like having to like really having systems like where it's like I have a girl in here, like you have to go now. You know, that's when mm-hmm. Ramon and I got into a fist fight. Yeah, and it was like you and, beat up Ramon because you had a girl in the room. Yeah, we yeah, told this, this we one. told the story about how yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I had a girl over. Ramon and I, we lived in an apartment, but we shared um, a room, and mm-hmm. we had two other roommates. My friend Kevin, who you guys met when we were doing the NHL reviews or NHL videos, and our friend Chris, who lives in Brooklyn now. And he, I was like, "Can you?" He wouldn't get out of the room. And I'm like, "I need the room." And we got into a fight. And I'm like, "If you ever had girls," I was like, "I get out of the room if you ever had girls here, but you don't," or something like that. And he like came at me, and I just punched him in the face, and he fell into the refrigerator, and the refrigerator moved over, and he just fell in between the the counter and the refrigerator, like Jesus into the wall. Call. 
That's yeah, uh, coming. Ramon and Mitzi had it coming. Yeah, it was a it was a fun it was a funny story. The only time I ever put hands on Ramon, and everyone and, and, and I'll never forget Chris and Kevin just laughing. Because, <laughs> because because Ramon and I are both weaklings. I'm just a punch would have like just if I punched Chris in the face like that, it would be like, what are you fucking? T- what is that a fly? Jesus. You know, but Ramon and I are so wiry and stuff like that, and we're so belligerent, and they're just laughing like their asses off in the corner, and, that, and that's the shit I remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and that's important stuff to me because that makes me feel good. I I, I want to go back to that time. I want to relive those days. But you know, you never can. I was, you know, I've had those conversations with friends of mine in the past where it's like, damn, like we can't go back. Yeah, those are the best days. You know, and. I have no desire to go back to high school. When, when my 10 year anniversary for high school was t- 2012, and I remember my girlfriend asked me, like, should we go? And I'm like, I'm not going to that. I have no fucking desire to ever do that. Yeah, that was my thing, too. And that's what I'm coming back to. It was just like, I don't have any love for high school, really. Like, in terms of the way I have a love for Mizzou, right? But like, that's why you watch these movies, and it's weird that I'm like, oh, how te- quite, wait, I didn't like this. But teach his own, right? There's yeah. no yeah. right exactly. answer. Exactly. Because no, yeah, no right I mean, the thing is, like, we're all things we're talking about it's like I feel like it's crazy you guys don't connect that way with high school but it's like you guys connected with college that way yeah, yeah. I didn't you guys it's got just, it with people high are school. different have different things the people thing that are was crazy about my high school is and going back to what the actual topic is about this is my school was very weird for many different reasons but specifically the fact that in San Francisco it was one of only two schools that weren't there, uh, one of only two public schools that you actually had to you you weren't just in like you had to actually do try to get to in get yeah, yeah yeah so I went to Lowell which was well, completely based on academics and then the other one was Soto which is School of the Arts and you had to do auditions and do all this shit to get in and with Lowell it was because there was it was the like the, the smart kids right they all get in and I'll never forget it being so weird because I felt like everyone was trying to make it like a high school movie. Like, oh yeah, and I feel like because the, uh, there were a lot of the kids who just this the way it goes are the kids that weren't that cool and didn't have that great of a or not great but just they're just not cool. They're not cool kids. I went to high school with a bunch of not cool kids, and they all tried so hard to, to be, be cool. the jock mm-hmm. and to be the cheerleader girls and to be you know like all these like high school yeah. And it's like looking back, I remember being there and just being like, this is so funny to me that like they're trying to make this happen. Yeah. Cause I remember looking at all the other public schools, and they weren't doing that. They they had their own cliques and stuff, but they weren't the cliques that we're seeing in these movies. Yeah. But my school had all that stuff and it was embarrassing. So when I watch these movies, a lot of times I look at it and I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is this is bad because it's that's not what it's really like. No, but it's it's fun. That's the way you maybe wanted it to be in a way. Yeah, really. No, but, it's not. Yeah, I can well, tell you not for your fake, not yeah. for your fake version. Yeah, you're trying to fake it, it was, but like it's just so weird, man. And yeah. it's like I swear to God, like a lot of the movie storylines just happened before my eyes, and I'm like, you're making this happen. And that's when I kind of realized, like, you can just make whatever the fuck you want happen happen. Like I've told the story a million times, but me and Alfredo literally set up a desk printed out a bunch of pictures of ourselves at Walgreens and started signing autographs in the hall. People started coming up and wanted autographs from us. They didn't know who the fuck we were. We were freshmen in high school. That was a good move, though. Yeah. That's a pro move. It was a pro move. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, everyone people, knew you. Laura. Everyone knew who we were. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, those guys are a big deal. I'm like, you guys are fucking idiots. Yeah. We're not big deals. Yeah. We're stupid shits. And it's like, but now, now we're stupid shits and people think we're a big and deal. And autographs are being hung in yeah. lockers around Lowell High around School. Around right Lowell now. High School. Yeah. You'd made it. I did. Well, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Oh, you grew off on that one. Yeah, You're old and you dumb. Know, you know why? Old and dumb. It's because I was thinking, am I the West Coast Ramon? Am I Collins West Coast Ramon? No. 
In what, res- in what respect? You're not nearly as close to him as Ramon is. Well, I had I the look, though. I look like a, a worse version of him. And Colin punched him in the face one time. I would pay to see Colin punch <laughs> you in the face. Can we make that a Patreon milestone? You know, I've been reading a lot about brain damage. No. I wouldn't hit Can't Nick. Can't do it. Because I think Nick Nick is Nick can fight, and I wouldn't want to. Like, Shadowbox. I would, I would much it. rather fight you, Rick. Oh, I'd love it. But we can only fight out of real anger. I don't want to fight That's anybody. That's the thing. I'll fight you too. I don't want to Same time. Me. Greg's got size and reach, but I, I but he's never been punched in the face before. We've talked about this before. Yeah, so I think I think I think I can shock. Hit up that conversation with Colin. I've been punched in the face too many times. Four, sometimes five best friends. This table needs to bring a random topic of conversation for your amusement. If you like that, like this video, of course, but then head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Throw us a few bucks and you get every episode early. The Friday before it releases. Whale? Yeah, what the hell are you doing? I'm gonna a little Chewbacca for you. Oh. You're, you're too high you're, on the... You're, you're, yeah, too you high. To, you're, you're trying too hard, too. Yeah. If you got no bucks to throw us, it's no big deal. Head over to YouTube.com slash funny where we post it topic by topic, day by day, until we post the entire thing in both MP3 form and, of course, one giant YouTube video. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.